0: Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where two rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham.
1: <laughs> and I'm the lockdown chameleon.
0: <laughs> welcome aboard, and on with the show. Yes, it's Wednesday and you know what that means. It means another episode of Carpool Rugby League. We appreciate you guys uh, joining us this week for another edition. Uh, as you heard there at the top of the show, Shane can't be with us tonight. We hope he's doing uh, much better. He's, um, he's down a couple of teeth, uh, courtesy it's of the good. dentist. He didn't, uh, <laughs> didn't yeah. get any uh, halftime scuffles, but we'll talk about those a little bit later on. The getting um, of wisdom. Yes, so he's lost a, lost a little bit of wisdom today, and we hope that he's uh, on the road to recovery. Um, as Griffo said, uh, we've got the Lockdown Chameleon this week. Uh, many of you listening to us will be in lockdown, and um, well, obviously that's impacting on everyone's uh, life, so we hope everyone's doing well, and it's also having a bit of an impact, Griffo, on the rugby league, isn't it?
1: It is indeed. Yep, the, uh, the 19 out to China. Is, uh, is having a big impact on, on all our lives. Um, but I want to pay tribute to all the administration and players of, of the NRL that, um, you know, they, they are making sacrifices. Um, and <clears throat> while, you know, there, there are some, obviously, that don't understand how this can go on, Yet other things can't go on. Um, it, it does bring t- to you know hundreds of thousands of people, dare I say millions, um, a lot of joy to be able to watch the rugby league. Um, can't get there uh, to go and watch it, you know, if you you know you, you're in New South Wales or, or excuse me in Victoria. But I'm just glad that we've got we've got rugby league to, to watch, to talk about, and um, just to you know provide a bit of a ray of sunshine in uh, in what is otherwise a sort of dark and gloomy time um, with the lockdown. And um, so, thank you to all of those involved in in doing everything you've done, uh, and I dare say to the various governments that have. Uh, facilitated um, various things to happen to keep <clears throat> the NRL going and uh, and bringing lots of joy, obviously, to all of our listeners. You wouldn't be listening to this program if you're, uh, if you're not an NRL fan. Um, so uh, well done to all concerned.
0: Yeah, yeah, major shout-out to the NRL. And as you said, um, you know, if we don't have a product every week, um you know you, they can't meet that big television rights deal the, the money doesn't come into the game so it's really uh crucial that uh we have a product and i suppose it's a big you know um big rap's got to go to the queensland government and uh the nrl and everyone on board for being able to effectively run the competition in queensland so uh Absolutely. well done to queensland uh well, now officially the uh, the Olympic state uh, is that right? Got, we got word just uh, oh, not long before an going on air that the announcement has just been made that the uh, the games in twenty twenty two are going to happen in Brisbane. So there's plenty happening for uh, for Queensland, and obviously too we'll, we might talk about um, you know <laughs> I suppose at some stage when we know a little bit more about the Olympics, um, I'd imagine it would also have a big uh, positive flow on effect for for NRL and rugby league in Queensland. So um, yeah, that's also good news coming out of uh, out of uh, well, yeah, as as Griffo said, uh, you know, a, a time where we're not getting a lot of great news. So we want to keep our mind on the good stuff that's happening, and there's been a lot of good footy happening on the field. And um, last week we did see all of Round 18 take place in Queensland. Uh, we kicked off on Friday with the Eels winning 26 points to eight over the Titans on the Gold Coast. Uh, the second game to happen on the Gold Coast Friday night was the Seagulls running out 32-18 to 18 winners over the Dragons. Uh, in Townsville, the Cowboys went down 18 points to 34 to the Roosters on Saturday. Um, then back on the Gold Coast, the Raiders returned to... Um, well, yeah, I was going to say returned to a bit of form. They got some points on the board, which is good to see for... For people from Canberra, 34-18, to 18, they were able to defeat the Cronulla Sharks. Another big win for the Storm on the Gold Coast Saturday night, 48 points to 4 over the Knights. The Panthers also um, stayed true to form, winning 30 points to 16 over the Warriors in Brisbane. The West Tigers, uh, they got a 42 points to 24 win over the Broncos. That game was a lot closer than what that scoreline suggests. But uh, it's good to see for Tigers fans, the Tigers get a good win up at Suncorp. And to round out the week, the Rabbitohs, 32 points to 24 over the Bulldogs on the Gold Coast. So what that means for the Premiership is that we still have the Storm and the Panthers leading the way with the Storm first place on four and against, 32 points. The Panthers also on 32 points. Just behind them in third is South Sydney on 30 The Eels are on 28 in 4th spot. Then we've got a 4-point gap back to the Roosters in in 5th spot on 24. Uh, The Seagulls are 2 points behind them in 6th spot on 22. Dragons on 18 in 7th spot. And rounding out the 8 are the Sharks on 16 points. Now keep in mind there's not much of a points differential uh, difference between the Sharks in 8th and the Raiders in ninth. They're also on 16 points as 2 of the Knights. So we've got... um, The only thing separating 8th, 9th, and 10th at the moment is for and against. We then have three teams on 14 points. The 11th-placed Titans, the 12th-placed Tigers, and the 13th-placed Cowboys. The Warriors have slipped down into 14th spot on 12 points. The Broncos in 15th on 10. And the Bulldogs are on the bottom of the ladder 6 points. So really, Griffo, I think that the main thing to talk about here is as we head into the final rounds of the season. Um, on the ladder there, what really jumps out to me is you know, that 7th through to probably about 13th. Um, we've only got a few points separating uh, those positions on the ladder. The Raiders, as I said, the Knights, they're equal with the Sharks. Uh, so they're really on the cusp. And now we've got the Titans, Tigers, and Cowboys only two points out of the eight. Um, really gives a lot of hope to teams like the, the Tigers, like the Cowboys, who we have talked about as being inconsistent. Definitely a positive for their fans to be able to look at this later and say, hey, we're still in with a shot of this.
1: Absolutely, Graham. Um Yeah, from I think realistically, from seven through to... Well, from seven through to 13, um, we're talking about, let's say from eight through to 13, we're talking about a points difference of only two. That's one win. Yeah. If you can start to string together a series of wins, then you can go up the ladder very, very quickly. But the problem for these teams is none of them have got any consistency. That's why they are where they are. Um, okay. You know, one week, um, you'll be roundly criticized for your performance. The next week, if you turn that around, get the two points. Oh, you know, you're talking about that team. They're yeah. a chance at the eight. All of them are a chance at the eight. If you look at mathematics. But, we might have a look uh, at some stage at maybe the road ahead, and um, we might see that some of those teams we might be able to say that, yeah, okay, where you're sitting at the moment, you know, you're only two points outside the eight, but mm. realistically, you're not making it. Um, um, yeah. None of those teams, none of them. I expect to go past round one of the final series. So, I mean, don't get me wrong. You want to be in the eight, but they're just making up the numbers. You could put a line, you know, I'm looking at the the NRL ladder at the moment on my screen Mm. and the green line sits behind the Sharks at number eight. You may as well just put the green line behind the Sea Eagles and because none none of those teams, none of those teams are going to win. It was, it was the same thing last year. I think we had the Sharks and the Knights got seven and eight, maybe not in that order. But we knew they were going out round one of the finals and they did. They just got bundled out. But they can say, hey, we made the eight. Mm.
0: And, and it's really, it's more than just, you know, I suppose... The top eight is really for clubs. It's more than a shot at winning the Premiership. There's a lot of things that come with it. There's, um, you know, there's merchandising, there's, there's ticket sales. There's a lot of positives for these clubs. And those clubs that are currently sitting in ninth through to 16th, this is going to be a really big run home for them. And I'll tell you why you want to listen into our preview later on to uh, round 19 of the Premiership. This week, I think, is one of the most important weeks of the um, of the NRL season. The reason for that being is that every single team, from 9th down to 16th, has an opportunity to show what they can do against the top-eight team. Every match-up we have this week, Griffo, I don't know if you've realised, is realize. between a team in the top half of the ladder and the bottom half, so... No top eight teams are playing each other. No bottom eight teams are playing each other. Every game this week is between a team within the eight and a team that's currently out of the eight. This is really the time for those clubs ninth through sixteenth to stand up and show that they can make a move in this competition and match it with the top eight teams and it's really exciting for their fans to be able to see them play against the top sides this week.
1: I think that's right, Graham. Just as an NRL fan to know that your team is a chance, and that there's something riding on every game. I think from memory last year, we knew about two or three weeks out from the finals who the top eight was going to be. Maybe not three weeks, but in going into the last round, um, we already had the top eight. It was just a matter of what the order was going to be. So I think it's it's a good thing that we've got all these teams still in the race. And I dare say... We'll go into round uh, 25, not knowing the makeup of the eight. Um, You know, those bottom two spots are going to be hotly contested. Um, I still think they'll be cannon fodder. But, you know, you'd much rather be coming in at eighth than uh, than ninth. Because, you know, you could say, okay, we we had a successful season. We made the finals. Um, Yeah, so a lot of interest there.
0: Definitely a lot of interest. And the other thing that's interesting too as we head into these final rounds, um, we've talked about it and uh, we do have opinions on it. We, we, we're we not fans of the mid-season switch, but even this late in the season going into round 19, we're still hearing of players um, that are making that last-minute switch. And one of them actually, look, to be honest with you, they're, they're pretty much saying it's it's confirmed that Penrith are going to sign... Uh, Pengai Jr. for the rest of the season. We know that he's going to be at the Bulldogs next year. Um, might be worth me asking you, while I've got a diehard Panthers fan on the line, Griffo, um, first of all, your thoughts on the Pengai Jr. signing for the rest of the year, and also give me your comments on how you think he's going to go next year once he's had that experience in, at Penrith and what he can then take on to uh, the Bulldogs.
1: Okay, so we've got the Pangai Panther. Pangai Panther. Um, look, when um, I think you might have sent me a text, uh, maybe I mean yesterday, where it was mooted. And then I had a look and, and I saw an article where it was, oh, it's not happening. Or, um, I think it's a good thing for, for the Panthers that you have this potential... X Factor um, coming into the finals. Um, They are going to be without James Fisher Harris for probably three rounds as he returns to Sydney for the birth of his child. And then he's going to have to go into two weeks of quarantine when he goes back to Queensland. Mm -hmm. So he is a huge loss. Now, Pangae is not going to replace and do what James Fisher-Harris does. They're different players, but he is going to provide an able substitute. Um, More than able. That, well, yeah, that yeah. can do different things. He's not going to be James Fisher-Harris, but if and we talked about this earlier in the year, that if we looked at the Panthers and we thought, well, the one area where maybe they're just a little bit down is is on. Uh, on front rowers, on big men. Um, now, <clears throat> I would assume that Pangae, his role, without um, James Fisher-Harris there, he's going to play as a front rower. Um, I think when James Fisher-Harris is there, that we're more likely to see Tavita Pangai Jr. maybe as a back rower. Um but that's up to Coach Cleary.
0: Mm. Does he does he does he come off the bench? Like does someone like well, a Scott Sorensen lose their spot? Like where does Well currently I'd I'd say the
1: person you know, if he was available this weekend, the person who'd lose their spot would be Mitch Kenny. Um uh, yeah,
0: yeah, and just have Appy but, play
1: eighty. Yeah, yeah. Well Appy's an eighty minute yeah. player, he doesn't yep. You know, and you just put, you know, again, in a a perfect world, you got Tyrone Mm. May uh, goes back to his 14, where he can cover for Api if need be, and has done in the past. Um, But, you know, I see um, see Pangar Jr. on the bench um, along, well, you know, I guess uh, at full strength, and we don't know if they'll be at full strength again. You just don't know what... You know what's going to want to happen in it from week to week in an NRL team but he's he's probably coming off the bench mm. um, I guess the uh, if, if they're all there you got to think maybe Spencer and new might be the person who might have to make way um, that wouldn't be the way I'd go Um but anyway, we'll look at the Penrith team later on for this yeah. week. You think, well, okay, well, we might try and f- find a spot where Punga would fill. Um, but what he does provide is is an X factor in the forwards that potentially could be the difference between winning and losing a big game in the in the finals. And I don't. Agree with the concept. I'll be honest about that. Um, the concept, and I know we, we were having a bit of discussion yesterday via text. August 1, in a competition that starts in, when I say August 1, it's not, you know, happy birthday horses. <laughs> uh, I'm talking about August 1 is the deadline. Uh, for players to be able to fill a spot in the top 30, which means they can, you know, they can go between clubs till that point in time. I don't agree with that. No. You start in your semi, your final <coughs> starting in September. If you know, they, they moved it back because last year the competition moved back. So it was always traditionally June 30 was the deadline. Um, but now that you know they moved it back, but they didn't say, well, okay, you know, we're actually playing right through the year, but they didn't put it back to June thirty. So you know, it's July thirty-one, realistically. It's a month later. Um, I don't agree with it um as a concept. I, I really, to be honest, don't agree with player movements throughout the year. And um I don't like it. I mean, they make such a thing about preseason and building, um, building team spirit and, you know, all that goes with it over three months while you're preparing for a season. And, and there's just a joke when a guy can come in as late as um, the end of July in a competition that finishes in the first week of October. Um, But they are the rules. So, Penrith are just playing to the rules, and they're not the only club who's, you know, benefit. You know, we say benefited, well, it hasn't officially happened yet, but it looks like it will happen. Um, but other clubs have, have done similar things. Uh, we saw a couple of years ago, I guess it was not last year, when Sonny Bill came in for the Roosters quite late in the piece as well. Um, I don't. That wasn't last year, was it? Maybe it was. I don't know. Anyway, um, it's it it is it is within the, the confines of, of the way it's set up. I think they need to change it. Personally, I don't agree with it. But um, if you can, uh, if you're in a position, well, where he's if you're Vita Punga, for example, the Broncos don't want him. Um, you know, he's he's had his he's had his issues. They nearly sucked him last year. And he was very contrite and whatnot, and apologetic for his mistakes, and um, you know, very grateful that the club re-signed him. But but you know, it's if you're him though, you're thinking, wow, well, I've got a chance to win a comp here. I wasn't going to win a comp at the Broncos, and I'm going yeah. to the Bulldogs for three years. Realistically, you know, uh, you know, I'm not going to a, I'm not going to a premiership heavyweight, although, you know, their side on paper looks good next year. But um, so this might be his best. Well, it is his best opportunity to win a competition. Um, again, as we mentioned earlier, before we came on, that someone's going to miss out um, who's been there all preseason season doing all the right things in in the Panthers club. And, you know, if, if Penrith are running out their best 17 players, he's going to be one of them
0: mm. at
1: the expense of someone who's who's put the hard yards in. In saying that, as a supporter, I don't mind. As long as we win, I, I don't <laughs> care. <laughs> Who runs out, you know?
0: And that's can, true. We've got to look at both sides of the coin. I mean, a lot yeah. of us, you know, a lot of neutral fans are saying, well, the the Broncos season, oh, they can't make the finals. It's gone, this, that, and the other, you know, written it off. But you've got to feel, I think, in this case for the Broncos fan. If you're a young Broncos fan, you're a kid that, you know, watches every game, goes to the games, really supports the team, and you're a big fan of Pengaia Jr. Um, you know, it, it can be heartbreaking for, for fans of a, of a club. Well, that's right.
1: But if you're a Broncos fan, this is not the first guy. I mean, as late as last week, you know, Matt Lodge, he lined up against the Panthers. Yeah. Kicked out of the Broncos, basically. And he was outstanding, Lodge. I thought he played a really, really strong game. Actually, that might have been his second game for the Warriors. But, you know, he was a, a late season signing for the Warriors. Not his fault. The Broncos wanted him out because. Not because he was.
0: They're not they?
1: But because he was paid, he was, he was on a very large contract, um, which, you know, obviously the new administration thought was, was too much for a prop forward.
0: I'd say Ben uh, icon has been crunching some numbers.
1: <laughs> well, he has. Um, I don't know. He might have. Lodge might have even been dislodged before I can got there, but. Um, yeah, look, I just thought he was outstanding for the Warriors last yeah. week. He's got a lot of potential, um, and and from what I've gathered, he, he hasn't been. While early in his career, he was obviously he had his issues off the field, and we know about what's happened in the United States. Yeah. I don't think he's, yeah, I don't think he's had a bad record off field since his return to the NRL um they simply wanted him out because I think he was on something like eight hundred thousand dollars, which mm. was the, the the strange thing is I this is what I really like to know, Graham is how much money are they paying to the other clubs for for these guys to leave them? Yeah um I would love to be able to see all of those things laid out. You know, so like I know Penrith in the last few years, they were paying for Campbell Gillard, Wong and Blake to play at Para. They were paying part of their contract and, and not the only club they've done it. The other clubs have done it as well, but I'd love to know. DWZ, for example, um, from the Bulldogs, the Bulldogs are paying a fair whack of what he's earning this year maybe i'm not sure maybe next year as well at the warriors Mm. um i'd love to know all those facts and figures yeah and,
0: and i'm sure a lot of the the fans would like to know that too because it does have a massive impact because what that tells us for a club like the um the broncos is that it may take them a few years to start rebuilding because their money might be tied up in players that are playing elsewhere and you know one other club that we um we mentioned there and i was Um, keen to get your your thoughts on, obviously, PenGuy Jr. is the Bulldogs. But they've also made a few other signings. I mean, they're also looking at building up um, their roster. Uh, They've re-signed Jaden Ockinball this week. They've also um, re-signed Winger Tui Katoa. I was just going to give you um, just a quick insight you know I, know, I know you're right across at Griffo, but just so some of the fans are aware of some of the players that are still yet to come into this Bulldogs team for next year. So there are some players that they've signed for next year in addition to um, Pengai Jr. We just want to remind the listeners that Josh Adokar is going to be at the Bulldogs next year. Matt Burton's going to the Bulldogs. Matt Dufty is going to the Bulldogs. Uh, Brent Naden's going to the Bulldogs. And obviously we mentioned Pengai Jr., that's in addition to some of the um, some of the other players that they've decided to lock up long term. So we know that Addo Carr contract, that's right through to 2025. Corey Allen's going to be there for another couple of years. As to Avarillo, Kotrick's got a few more years on his contract. Um, uh, I think they also put another couple of years on uh, Jeremy Marshall King recently. Um, and, and, you know... This is what we're starting to see. They're the key players uh, that they're building that that Bulldogs team around. And one other signing we haven't mentioned of the Bulldogs that's also gone over to the club, is uh, Phil Gould. So it'll be interesting to see the role he has uh, because I can be, well, I have, a, I have a strong feeling that he's going to help out with Trent Barrett and the coaching more than what they want to let on.
1: Yeah. Look, if you're a Bulldogs supporter, and I don't know how many Bulldogs supporters listen to Carpool Rugby League, but you've got to be thinking, we have a squad assembling for next year that we should be in the top eight.
0: Mm.
1: Not hope to be in the top eight, but you look at that list of players and they should be in the top eight. If those guys can gel. Now, you've got a lot of pieces of a new jigsaw puzzle. Some of those pieces um, are slightly jagged jagged around the edges. They're slightly damaged. Um, and if those pieces don't fit together well, um, maybe they're not going to quite be the team that we expect, given the talent that they will have. Um at least half of those guys, and probably more than half, have had issues in some way or another that have raised negative headlines. Not all of the players you listed, Graham, but nearly all of them. Um, So I think the addition of Gus Gould is going to basically be a very good one to try and uh, keep all of those guys just doing the right thing Um, because there's a lot of rugby league talent there. And if they start off poorly, the drums might start beating for coach Barrett because he is going to have a wooden spoon to his credit this year. The Bulldogs are not going to win enough games to take over 15th spot. I don't believe I'll, I'll be very surprised if that's the case. Um, So I expect the Bulldogs will take out the wooden spoon, which is actually worse than where they finished last year. And uh, most would say that they had a better squad this year than what they Mm -hmm. had last year. So they've gone backwards. Um, They really need to go forwards. And I think anything less than a top eight position would be seen as a failure in 2022 for that particular club but it's good signs yeah They've, you know definitely good signs um but uh, the proof is out on the field uh, and hopefully those fields will be back uh, at their home ground where you know rather than having to play uh, away from their home but uh, but uh, we do what we do these days
0: yeah i kind of um i i'm a bit wary about this the success of this Bulldogs team next year because that really reminds me of what we were saying about the Titans this time last year. The Titans were making all these <coughs> big signings. We said the Titans with this squad, they have to be a top eight team. We've seen that, um, you know, on their day, they can be really good. The, look, last week, um, I, I you know, I changed my tip. You had them even when you, you know, you thought... Um,
1: before I knew Moses was out. Before yeah. knew
0: Moses was out, so... Look, we've got it. We've given them a lot of credit and a lot of potential. They haven't quite lived up to that. Uh, I think that's something we need to keep in mind when we're looking at the Bulldogs because we're seeing in the Titans this year a team that's brought on some really, really good quality players but just haven't found that, that mix right.
1: Uh, you're quite right, Graham. It's You know, it's one thing to have a good side on paper. Mm. It's another thing to be able to take the field yep. and play to your ability Um, And and the Titans are a good example of a club that, again, those guys, as we stand, they've gone backwards. They're they're number 11. They were nine at the end of last year. And again, they've certainly got a better squad this year. So they'll they'll be disappointed where they sit. They're not out of the running for the eight yet, but um, they've really got to start being consistent. And 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 to be fair, none of the teams from seven through to thirteen um have been consistent.
0: No, you won't say you watched any of those teams. Um just before we move on, Griffo, I just want to touch on um, we mentioned the Broncos there and um you know they're losing some players and you know, we're talking about them being in a rebuilding phase. One of the players that uh, we need to remind our listeners that is going to the Bulldogs, uh, sorry, on, to the Broncos, I should say, going to the Brisbane Broncos, on quite a lucrative deal, uh, is Adam Reynolds. So some of this money is clearing the deck for Reynolds to come in. One of the other players that um it's quite clear is on the outer on the Broncos and is likely to leave is Anthony Milford. That hasn't been a secret, uh, but there was also a story and a news that broke yesterday that the Broncos are very keen on signing Dane Gagai from the Rabbitohs. Now, the Rabbitohs, from what we're hearing, they are allowing Gagai to talk to other clubs. And the latest talk is that if the price is right, we might see Gagai moving um, up to the Broncos and possibly Milford coming into the Rabbitohs. So it'd be a very interesting player switch. A lot of talk about the youngster who's... Whoever's going to get the job for, for Reynolds, it could well be Milford by the sounds of things. But you, we, we're still waiting to hear on that one.
1: Yeah. Um, Gagai's on, on quite decent cash at the Rabbitohs. And we, we mentioned him last mm-hmm. week when we, we were talking about the top 100 players. He's well paid.
0: Yeah, I think he was in that <clears throat> 750 ballpark. Seven, 750. Yeah, that's a it lot. in the sevens. Uh, Big money.
1: Yeah, I think probably too big for for the position he plays and the level of importance he has within that side. Now he's an important player, but he's he's not that important um, as 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 his pay packet would suggest. So what it would do is if they did, you know, let him go, is it would open up quite a bit of salary cap space for them. Whether Anthony Milford is the guy. Is I mean you're you're a fan of that club, Graham? What would you think about Gagay out, Milford in?
0: Um, it would depend at the price at Milford. Milford would have to come at a you know crazy Clint's price uh, for it to make sense because I wouldn't even be guaranteed that he'd play in the halves. Um,
1: no, so yeah, you can't see a well, Milford walk Walker combination really, can you? That's that, that's not a combination you can see happening.
0: No, and look, I I think it's more likely that you know that benji Marshall might get another another year run on a on a you know minimum wage and he could he could offer a lot as the half I actually uh, think that um it's no coincidence that Blake Taft's getting a lot of game time in first grade albeit at fullback I think he's got the skills to be a um to be an NRL player of the future and we know that there's he got um, a kicking
1: game Graham tough uh,
0: look I, I haven't seen much of his kicking game to be honest with you I I, I couldn't tell you that I, I really have not seen um, a kicking game from him. Someone else might be able to um, to let us know that had a bit more of a view of, of him on the uh, in the younger grades. But um, yeah, that's that's that remains to be seen. I know he's got a he's, he's a keen young footballer with a good running game, but um, they they need a they're losing one of the best kickers and organising halfbacks in yeah. the game and he's going to be hard to replace, which is why I think that South need to throw everything at this year because um, I think that they're... Um, I don't think their squad's going to be as strong next year as what, what they've got this year.
1: Yeah, I agree. But I, I don't have the knowledge of the guys they've got coming through.
0: There are some um, young blokes too. I mean, um, there are there are a few young blokes coming through, uh, definitely. But, yeah, it's... I'm always a bit sceptical until I see them in first grade. Um, yeah. People who say like, look, you've got the, from two years ago, the best halves in the Jersey flag competition. That's great. But um, yeah, NRL is a different ballgame.
1: Yeah. I, uh, I see that a similar thing for the Panthers, that they're losing Kirk Capewell and Matt Burton. And you could say Tevita Panga Jr. But... Um, they're not going to be as good on paper next year as what they are this year because they're not going to be making any signings because they've upgraded a number of the younger guys' contracts, principally Stephen Crichton, who um, you know has, has got a big money contract, I think starting next year, and he's been down on form this year. Um, his manager did a great job to to get him. Basically, from what I can gather, he'd done a handshake deal on 500 and ended up with, I think, maybe 750 when he got the new manager. So the, I think they're going to be needing a lot more out of him. Um, but uh, again, back to South's. <clears throat> yeah, they're, you know, they've got super coach finishing at the end of the year. Mm. That's another thing that they will, while Demetrios obviously had a huge impact. Behind the scenes, um, take out the presence of of Wayne Bennett from that dressing room, and, and you've got to think. Well, you know, they're not going to be as strong uh, on their coaching staff as what they are at the moment. They're losing their playmaker, um, potentially losing Gagai, but I think you know he can be replaced. Um, Braden Burns. Who's uh, is a very capable player? You think he would step up on a full-time basis in, into that to partner Campbell Graham in the centre? So I think they're okay for for outside backs. But yeah, you're right that this is prime time for the Rabbitohs. As I believe, it's also prime time for the Panthers. Um, they can't both win the comp, and they've got a team above them at the moment who yeah. are a rage <laughs> hot favourites. So yeah. Um yeah but this is why this is why it's so interesting. Mm.
0: Um yeah. Yeah, you you mentioned just briefly before we move on you mentioned the um the coaching changes at the Rabidos with with Wayne Bennett leaving. Uh we we haven't touched on, on the show yet that um with Demetrio taking over, John Morris is actually uh, going to be one of the assistants over at South oh, along that's with, right. uh, yeah, with uh, Ben Hornby. So it'll uh, be interesting to see how he goes in his return, um, albeit you know in an assistant role. But uh, yeah, we we've, we've talked a lot um, about uh, his coaching career in past episodes. So be interesting to see how he goes. There's plenty to look forward to. What we basically want to talk about there is the importance of the run home and the run into the finals. And there's plenty of things happening off the field. That's, um, that's going to have a massive impact. But there's also a lot of things on the field that we need to keep our eye on. And um, I'll be very interested to hear, Griffo, what grabbed your eyes this week for Griffo's Grab.
1: Okay. It's a, it's a shorter intro now, isn't it?
0: Yeah, you don't have much time to think.
1: No, no. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Okay, look, Straight I'm very to good. The yeah uh, the, the guy who grabbed my eye the most, and I did watch most of the games um, even if you know it was just sort of the screen was on and I was probably more focused on other things but um, a guy from a losing team and a guy who's up for the season now um, and that is the hammer. Now the hammer in combination with Scott Drinkwater had the Cowboys in prime position uh, against the Roosters, but of course it all fell apart. But, uh, this guy is, he's still a teenager. He doesn't look like a teenager. He looks, you know, like he's in his mid twenties, but he's just dynamite. Um, when he gets the ball, he knows where to run. And he knows that he can just burn people. Um, and we saw him burn Joey Manu, who was playing fullback. Uh, I'm not sure if it was the first or second try for the Cowboys, but came off after some skill from Drinkwater. But he get the ball to the hammer, and he's just unbelievable. Um he made a number of, uh scored a couple of tries. Uh, I haven't got the stats on him. I just, it just caught my eye. We say, okay, get the ball to the hammer and he just does the rest. He did it in origin as well, backing up um one of the, I think he scored the first try for Queensland. But he knows where to be. Um So he's obviously a smart footballer. Uh, he puts himself in a position where give me the ball, I'll get the four pointer and um, he's exciting to watch. And uh, where he what his best spot is, I'm not quite sure. He was playing in the fullback role last week mm. um, due to the injury to Holmes. Uh, I know Holmes sees himself as as a fullback. I think the hammer's better uh, personally. He's um, just
0: so skillful and talented. You've just got to get him in a position where just, he's going kind to of have yeah. his hands on the ball as much yeah. as possible.
1: And, and if you get him, look, if he, he doesn't even have to be in the clear. If he's just got space, there's no one that seems to be able to foot it with him. Um, he just knows the way to the line. And he's uh, he's an excitement machine. Um, so, yeah. Hamisai... W.I. Fiddle is my grab, and not for the first time, but uh, he was my grab for this week.
0: Yeah, and I don't think it'll be the last time in his career that he'll grab your eye. You did mention there um, that he may well have played his last game of the season. Um, he had an emergency surgery. I think it was only today he had it. Yeah. Uh, he his appendix out. Is that correct? That's what yeah, I was hearing. I believe hearing. That's, that's what I heard, yeah. Yeah. So, look...
1: You know, I, I didn't think the Cowboys were going to make the eight, but just put a line through them.
0: That's you a massive blow. Yeah,
1: we're, we're, he's their major strike weapon.
0: Yeah,
1: and um, yeah, they're gone. they yeah, yeah. I didn't even with him. I didn't think they're making the eight, but they're gone.
0: You mentioned his impact last week. Um, just to give everyone an indication, we you mentioned he scored that try. It was the second try of the uh, the game, and at that point. Um, the Cowboys scoring the first two tries of the game, they looked like they were going to really take it to the Roosters. And the the, the scoreline, I think, in this one doesn't really show how much the Cowboys were in this game for a large part of it. But in regards to his stats, the ones that stand out apart from the try, obviously, he had his hands on the ball a lot, which was great. He had 21 runs, um, 271
1: run metres. Oh, meters. I, didn't, I didn't look at the stats. Well, Massive.
0: Wow. Uh, kick return metres, 124. Of those 271 metres, he made 56 post-contact metres. Now, this is someone in the back line. They're stats that, you know, you'd be really excited about. To give you an indication, Tal Malolo had 60 post-contact metres. So, after hitting the line, uh, he's, he's advancing the ball. He made the two line breaks. He also had six tackle breaks. They're just a few stats in attack that show... How dangerous this young man is, and how much of a superstar of the future that um, that he's going to be.
1: Yeah, he's good to have. A... Yeah, no, I wish he was from New South Wales. But... Yeah,
0: <laughs> no. he is a Queenslander, and um, he he's definitely one who I think is going to have a massive impact going forward. He's going to be, I feel, a mainstay of the Queensland side, and I I think he's got that opportunity to um to really push for for um yeah, for a position. Over many, many years. So, uh, really looking forward to uh, seeing the hame get back on the field and hopefully he has a speedy recovery from his surgery today.
1: Yeah. I just want to make a mention, honorable mention, Adam DeWahey. Um, yeah. He was outstanding. Five try yeah. assists for the Tigers. Um, yeah. Well done.
0: He's got to be the 5'8 for the Tigers. Oh, he's...
1: It's not even why he was moved from there, yeah. I'll never understand. But yeah. anyway, yeah. He's, he's in his right spot. He's, he's quality.
0: Yep. And many people would argue that, you know, I mean Tigers fans are saying that could well be, you know, one of the biggest gaffes they've seen, you know, taking him out of the, the halves there. But um, look, we, we actually had a few contenders this week for Graham's gaff, so I well, think Well
1: contenders became... there were some crazy things, but
0: There were plenty of crazy things, so let's get to it. So, yeah, we mentioned there were a few things happening on the field, um, and we had some possible contenders right up until uh, this gaff happened. There were bomb tries, even within this game that uh, I'm about to talk about, which was the, the Bulldogs and Rabbitohs game. I think not long before the incident I'm going to talk about today was a gaff from Jaden Sewer, and we were messaging each other, Griffo, and we thought we had the gaff sewed up until halftime, the stroke of half time. Um, the Bulldogs and the Rabbitohs walking off the field. A few words, not much happening between Lachlan Lewis and uh, Cody Walker, which led to Lachlan Lewis grabbing Cody Walker and tackling him to the ground in probably one of the most bizarre incidents of I've, I've ever seen. Now, I don't think I can ever recall a player being sin-binned for something that's happened as they were walking off the field at halftime. Um, this is mind-blowing, Griffo. I I don't know what to make of this. If you're Coach Trent Barrett and you're the Bulldogs, then, look, they're not having the best season. We talked a lot about the positives that could be coming for the Bulldogs. But this just... These are coach killers. Just these brain snaps. And I don't know, it just... I think it just shows that uh, some of these young players they they don't always have their mind in the game where it needs to be, and they can get carried away in the moment.
1: But Graham, it was obviously something personal. Um, he's had an axe to grind with, you know, maybe something uh, that's happened in the past. I did hear something about Walker in a previous game coming down with an elbow on him or something. Um, so you know, he's he's been he's had this axe to grind. But you should have done it after full time, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. you know. Yeah. Just keep the axe warm for another hour, and you know, it don't matter but, if you get sent to the sin bin then. But the, um,
0: the other thing too is, as a as a fan, I think you know why doesn't he? Why doesn't he go? Look, you know, put that towards say some big defense. If you know Cody Walker's running at him. Put a shot on, you know, a legal shot. Drive him back. Show that enthusiasm. Take it. like, do you know what I mean? There's ways that good players,
1: yeah,
0: like you couldn't imagine someone over the past ten years for the Storm doing something like this. Like, like do you know what I mean? And I know, you know, it's a, it's a big um big ask to to compare all the players to to you know some of the best, but. You see certain clubs, and we talk about clubs like the Roosters. You know, we say, "Oh, you know, when someone does something, it's not very Roosters." Like this, unfortunately, isn't something that I think the Bulldogs want to uh, have as part of their game.
1: No, it was just an act of stupidity. Um, yeah, look, it cost his team. His team were in front. Um, Mm -hmm. I didn't realize like I was watching the game and then I went, uh, I must've went to get stuff organized for dinner and I came back in and I saw the score um, that, cause I sort of went out, I think it was 10 nil rabbit holes. So I didn't see any of the bulldogs points and i am just got go back in there. And um, yeah, bulldogs had hit the lead and I went back out again and come back in and then and I see, you know, I just saw the aftermath of of the whole uh, Lachlan Lewis thing, and yeah, you know, I just thought it was going to be one of those games again, where where South, you know, they got got a lead, they're going to go and they're going to put big score on, and even contemplate Bulldogs, you know, coming back, but they did, and and they were up twelve ten at the time, and you know, in those ten minutes. Where he was off the field, South didn't sort of blow them away, but they did score eight points to nil. And we look at the margin at the end of the game, and I believe it was eight points.
0: Mm. Yeah, and Uh, yeah, I mean, I think it, I think it showed, and what was frustrating for the Dogs that South scored in that ten minutes that he was off, and he'd only been back on the field I think two minutes before. uh Ochenbach scored his try and then they got it back to 18 all and then um yeah yeah we 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 know that South ended up getting the uh the victory in the end but look that that 10 minutes could well uh, bulldogs fans will argue that 10 minutes could have cost them, uh, cost them the game a lot of people will will think that possibly
1: it's possibly yeah i
0: still think south
1: would have won but um you never know we'll never know um, but what we do know is um, that the name Lachlan Lewis will always be remembered mm. in the NRL.
0: Yeah, so uh, you never know. Like, we've got, you know, his Uncle Wally Lewis has a medal named after him. Uh, Lachlan yeah. Lewis could well have a prize named after him. But, That's uh, right. But at this stage, uh, you may not want to win that one. It could be the uh, the Brain Snap of the Year award. So, um Hopefully for Lachlan Lewis, he, uh, he shows everyone what he's about on the field uh, coming back. Well, he was playing fitness. some
1: good football, especially last
0: week. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, There's a guy who's been in and out to the team um, and he's off contract at the end of the year. You know, what he did last week is certainly not going to enhance his, his chances of earning another contract. Um, but anyway,
0: Look, you know, he's got every opportunity, opportunity stakes, to show up. Yep, that's right. None states, of us are perfect. And look, we always say that, um, you know, every every human makes mistakes. It's how they come back from it. So I'm looking for a big game for from him this week. Uh, the only unfortunate thing is it's, you know, it, it, the way that the... Um, oh, look, the Bulldogs. They have flashes of brilliance. I know we talked a lot about the Bulldogs tonight, but... Oh, yeah, that flash is a good play I, I think the, the Bulldogs fans might be Some of them will be optimistic this week When they take on the Sharks But um, Well, look, they we'll,
1: beat the Sharks earlier in the year
0: Yeah, so they're every chance in that one And um, look, we've got eight games ahead of us this week As I said, every game is important Given that we have a top eight team Playing a team from outside of the eight So I think it's um, it's only fair that we get straight into it And have a look at what we've got this week Alright, so kicking off the round there, we have the Eels taking on the Raiders. Keep in mind, also with um, the current COVID lockdowns, the, the Sydney teams have been moved to Queensland. All the games are going to be happening in Queensland. So whilst technically we have a home game for Parramatta, it will uh, take place on Thursday night on the Gold Coast. Fourth-placed Eels taking on the ninth-placed Raiders. Uh, for Parramatta, the big news that we haven't really covered uh, in detail yet, Griffo, is Mitchell Moses. Now, he's definitely ruled out of this week due to a fracture suffered uh, in Origin 3, so that fractures in one of his vertebrae. From what we hear, it's on the transverse process, so I know a lot of people are thinking, oh, he's, he's broken his back, and you always think of spinal column injuries. Yeah. Um, just to give people an indication of this, because a lot of people are going to think, oh, geez, Graham's not... You know, talking this up very much, and he's considering this a minor injury. If you look at the anatomy of the the vertebrae, so the bones that make up uh, the spine, um, on each vertebrae you have basically. On either side, coming out left and right, two bony um, parts that are protruding, and he's got a fracture those wing, one of those wing-looking things. Is that what we're the, talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. So the on on the vertebrae, the the, the thing, the wing-looking things, the uh, the transverse process. From what we're hearing, he's got a, a fracture, a crack in one of those. So um, for those who were hearing just the sensationalised headlines that Mitchell Moses has a broken back, yes, technically one of the bones in his back has been fractured. But there are no implications here for possible uh, spinal cord injuries, so I don't want any fans to be worried that if he comes back within, you know, three, four, maybe five weeks. That's sort of the a month is probably the period that he's looking at. Um, there's no implication where if you know he gets hit that it could impact on his spinal cord or anything like that. Um, this injury here really all it's about is pain management, so he's probably going to have to take, you know, as I said about a month to try and heal that vertebrae to the point where he can manage the pain and uh, they'll be using other pain management techniques to get him on the field. So I, I reckon a month's probably realistic for Mitchell Moses and that's what Parramatta is saying as well. So um, Jake Arthur's going to play halfback this week. Uh, Tom Opotich is also out uh Will Penasini is going to make his debut and another player who we haven't seen for a long time, Blake Ferguson. He's been recalled uh, for his first game since round 12. Uh, He's coming in for Hayes Dunster. Uh, For the Raiders, um, Matt Tomoko is coming onto the bench. Uh, Jordan Rapina is going to go to fullback after Xavier Savage has been ruled out for the rest of the year with a shoulder injury. That's a massive blow for the Raiders given that uh, Chan's nickel clock stars already out and uh young Xavier Savage was doing a really good job there at the back.
1: He looks good, Savage.
0: Yeah, I reckon he's one to to keep an no, eye he's, out for the future like as a,
1: well. He's a, yeah, he's similar to the Hummer. Um,
0: yeah.
1: yeah, both Queenslanders as well, unfortunately, but Savage, gee, looked good last week.
0: Yeah, I love the way these young, confident fullbacks are returning the ball and taking on the line and uh, he's just another one of those type of players. So, definitely a name of the future. Uh, another big name for the Raiders that's out is Jack White. And he's out with a rib injury. So, Frawley's going to come in at 5'8. Um, look, the Raiders, we, we know that uh, last week they were able to get a win against the Sharks. Uh, not many of us tipped that one. I don't know if anyone on the show tipped that one. They've actually won two in a row now. They've knocked over Manly and the Sharks uh, in their last two games. This week they come up against the Eels. Um, we've got, basically, the uh, the origin halves for New South Wales missing from this game. Griffo, one for Parramatta, one for the Raiders. What do you think of the Raiders last week? They, they got the job done. They, they won the game. We saw some signs um, of some good footy. How do you think that's going to translate into a game against Parramatta this week?
1: I thought both these teams were impressive last week. Um, Parra were very good against the Gold Coast early in the game. They didn't sort of go on with it, but we don't have to. We got the two points and, and they, they got the job done. Um, And uh, the Raiders were really good against the Sharks, in particular, Corey Harawira-Naira, which I believe is pronounced Hadawida-Naira. I don't know why, but um, that's how they're saying his name now. Um, But anyway, um, he played really well. Probably, you know, his best game that he's had since he went to to the Raiders. Um, As you mentioned, Big outs for both teams. Um, I just think, I, just, I, I really like what power are producing at the moment. I think they're a far better side than they were over the last few years. Um, even though, you know, on paper, they're not all that different. They just seem to have more options in attack. Mm. Um, and, and I think a lot of that if we look at a difference in in the list, it comes down to, to Isaiah Papali'i. Um, he's just been dynamic. They bring back Junior Paulo this week. He missed last week's game. Um, up against his uh, former teammate and very good friend in Josh Papali'i. So it's a uh, that's going to be a big battle. Um, Campbell Gillard's been in great form, as has Emery Gula. So, uh, the two, the battle of the props is going to be fantastic. You've got two quality hookers in Marnie, who's back for Para. He made a big Hodgson. difference last yeah, week, I he, thought. It, it yeah. is, he's a very good player. Uh, Ryan Mattison was outstanding last week as well. Um, this shapes as a really good game and, and uh, certainly great lockdown viewing uh, tomorrow night. Um, <clears throat> Para are, are well and truly entrenched in the top four. Uh, the Raiders are still one of those teams who are jostling for a top eight spot. I thought they were gone a few weeks ago. Um, they've come back with two week two wins in a row. But I just think uh, even without Mitch Moses, we saw Dylan Brown take control really he well was last real week. Good. Really good. Um, yeah, so, uh, you know, Lane and uh, Marat and Nuakore, Oregon Kafusi coming off the bench here. They're all big men who um, who offer something. Um, and saying that, you know, the Raiders have Tarpany coming off the bench and he's been outstanding the last few weeks. I just think well, that well, I think the quality of Parramatta, um, will win this game. Uh, I'm not convinced about their their outside backs. Um, I don't know Pennicini, but I know he's got big raps on him. They're all, you know, big athletic guys. But uh, there's going to be a question mark on the defence again of the outside backs for Para. So that's an area that. That uh, the Raiders will try and exploit. Um, I like Sebastian Chris uh, for the Raiders. Rappinna at fullback to me is a concern, and that's an area that Parr will certainly try and exploit because he has got a mistake in him. Rappinna, he's, he's he can do some really good things, but you just you never know what you're going to get. So I think they'll be targeting Rappinna. Um yeah, it's 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 a really, you know, as, as we look at the 17s lineup, really good looking uh, clash. And, and as you mentioned, we've got top eight side against the bottom eight side. Um, at the start of the season, uh, we certainly didn't view the camera Raiders that way and they won't view themselves that way, but it's really important for them that they win this game um for Para, they want to win to stay you know to make sure that they keep that top four position so everything to play for but for mine I just think para get the points here Graham
0: yeah I'm, I'm going with para this one too uh, as we just touched on there I was really impressed with the way that um Dylan Brown stood up in the absence of Mitchell Moses he was I thought he was wonderful last week Reed Marnie really transforms this team uh they're they're a genuine top four team when they're playing at their best Parramatta and I think we're going to see some good things this week I think a lot of people are really keen to see how Blake Ferguson comes back into the team this is a really big opportunity for him to show that he's still uh, a top quality NRL uh, player he's got a big standard to live up to because the, when we look say at the back three, which we we now call the wingers and the in the fullback, uh, Clint Gutherson and Mikasivo have been phenomenal in regards to um, breaking the line. I think they've got about thirty one line breaks between them. Uh, so it'll really uh, stand out if Blake Ferguson isn't getting involved and making an impact because. Um, the other two in that back three have been so uh, so dynamic and so good for, for the Eagles. With Dylan Brown around the middle, this week uh, would have been great to see him come up against Jack White. And that's not the case. He's coming up against Matt Frawley. So um, I think Frawley's only playing his second game of the season. He's got to really uh, stand up and, and show his NRL quality. For those reasons, I think the Parramatta should be able to get this job done. But as you said, um should be a, should be a cracker of a game.
1: Yep. yep.
0: Okay, moving on to the second game of the round, we see the Sydney Roosters, the fifth-place Sydney Roosters, taking on the 10th-place Newcastle Knights. Uh, this is 6pm on Friday on the Sunshine Coast. Uh, so in regards to team news, first of all, for the Roosters... Uh, Takiyaho, they're looking at uh, just keeping an eye on him and his hamstring. Uh, they're hoping that he'll get through the captain's run on Thursday to replace Fletcher Baker on the bench. So, just keep an eye on that one. We'll we'll have a look at um, the teams very closely uh, on on Thursday as well as Friday just before the game to see uh, if there is a um, any changes needed there. Tedesco, we know, was out last week after the origin game, so he's going to be back, which means Manu's going to go back to the centres. That's going to end up with a Smith and Manu centres pairing by the looks of it, which means from memory, looking at who was in last week and who's out this week, uh, Morris will be the player uh, who will miss out. Uh, For the Knights, uh, they're going to be sweating on Caelan Ponga and David Klemmer now, they're undergoing uh, concussion protocols. They've got the five-day uh, protocol. Everything that Newcastle is saying to uh, to the media is that they should be good to go. Uh, the other concerns are big ones, both physically and uh, figuratively, in the sense that we've got Daniel and Jacob Saifidi also under uh, injury clouds. Um, Daniel's got the rib injury, Jacob with the ankle injury. Yet again, the Knights are telling us that they will play. I noticed there that we've got uh, Connor Watson named at lock. Um, A lot of the talk is that Suasu Su, who's uh, in the number 14 jersey, may well uh, play lock once the team sheet is announced now before kickoff. Uh, Yet again, as I say, Griffo, we'll say it with every game this week, we've got uh, a team inside the top eight, and the Roosters taking on the Knights, who are in that group that are just outside the eight. Um, the Knights will really be looking to bounce back against uh, the Roosters after what could only be described as a disappointing turnout against the Storm. They're really going to be, uh, they've got to be switched on because a team like the Roosters could uh, could make history repeat for them again this week after that uh, massive uh, loss they cop last week.
1: Yeah, I mean the the Knights are not a are not a consistent team. Um, they've had some really good wins this year, including a win against Manly about a month ago with Tommy Turbo in the side. But you just can't you just can't have any faith in them. Um, to be uh, a, bit, a little bit fair, you know they have injury problems. But uh, I just can't see them beating the Roosters. I know the Roosters, were they've been up and down themselves, um, and they haven't you know, been able to put teams away that you thought they'd beat easily, but they still are getting the two points against the teams they're meant to beat on most occasions. Um, and I think that's what we're going to see this week. Um, there's enough class in this Roosters' side. As you mentioned, James Tedesco comes back. He'll make a, a huge difference to these guys. Um, the Knights' strength is their forwards, but I think the Roosters' pack, as I look at it, I think the Roosters' pack is, is a better pack of forwards than the Knights'. Mm. Um, You've, you've got the battle of, of the number ones is probably a highlight when I mean, you've got Tedesco up against Kalen Ponga. Yeah, it's um, origin pullback. That's right. They were, yeah, they played last week uh, for their respective states and both played well. Um, probably Ponga got the points, I would have to say, uh, in that game. Um, the Knights outside backs, to me, are, are the big weakness in this team. Um, and that's where I think you know we're going to see uh, the game won and lost. The um, Knights forwards—they're uh, pretty good. The Knights forwards, but I still think Roosters forwards better. The halves—you uh, know, both sets of halves are not the the number one choice uh, for their clubs due to injury, so. You know, the Roosters have been missing Luke Keery for most of the year. And the Knights have been missing Mitch Pierce for most of the year as well. Um, I think Clifford's done some good things since he's come down from the Cowboys. But uh, I just, uh, I don't see enough. I have no faith in Newcastle. Mm. Um, whereas I do have faith in, in the Roosters that, you know, they generally get the job done. And I think uh, I think that's the way it's going to go this week, Graham.
0: Yeah, uh, look, it, I I agree. I think the Roosters win. Um, I think the the big thing for the Knights, if they're going to be a chance in this game, they really have to tighten up their defence. The, it was not great last week, um, and especially too if uh, if they are missing, say, Clemmer Ponga you know, due to that HIA, it, it could it could be even more worse for them. Um, this for the Knights has to be that 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 push to the finals. These are those games they have to have to compete in. Even if they don't win, they need to really compete. The Cowboys showed last week that there um, there are opportunities for you know for points to be scored against the Roosters but you know this week we've got Tedesco coming back into that side. Sam Walker just continues to be the star of the show every week. And, um, yeah, I, I think the Roosters are definitely the way to go in this one uh, when you put your tips in this week. All right, next up we have the Cowboys, the team that the Roosters defeated last week. Uh, they're at home in Townsville against the team that defeated the Knights last week in the Melbourne Storm. So this game will take place at 7.55pm on Friday night. Uh, We've already talked about the big news for the Cowboys. Uh, Unfortunately, the Hammer, Tabuifidou, he could very well be out for the rest of the season. Um, They're they're saying about six or so weeks it could be for him to recover from uh, having his appendix taken out earlier today. That's a huge blow for them. Um, That's really unfortunate for for the Cowboys, uh, for the Hammer, and for their fans. Uh, The other injury news, Cohen Hess is uh, going through concussion protocols, hoping that he can play after the head knock against the Roosters last week. Um, Murray, I hope I get this right, is it Teleguy? replaces David Bowen in uh, the centres? Someone will tell me if I've got that wrong. Uh, David Bowen's got that knee injury. We saw him leave the field. Uh, I think last they week. call
1: it Talangi.
0: Taolangi. Talangi. Uh So Bradley's uh, going to make his debut on the wing for the Cowboys this week. Um, one of Griffo's favourites, uh, Helium. Uh, the balloon's back. Yes, uh, he was deflated for a week with a uh, one match suspension. Uh, So he's going to be joining the team uh, for the Storm. (coughs) Just when you thought this team couldn't get any stronger, uh, they've added to their side this week uh, one Mr. Ryan Pappenhausen. You'll notice uh, that you've got to scroll down the list to find him. He is in jersey number 17. He is expected to play. Uh, So far, they're telling us that he has ticked all the the boxes. Uh, He was with the squad training on Tuesday and looking good to go. Uh, Josh Adokart and Christian Welsh also back on deck. They were rested last week as they were part of that Origin team. Um, and Big Nelson, Asalfa Salomona returns from suspension. This week, though, we do notice that uh, Cameron Munster has been rested, uh, along with Felice Cafusi and Dal Finucane. So the Storm Group, we're starting to see them... Uh, manage the loads of the players. We're seeing um, Cooper Johns has been named in the number six jersey this week. Uh, be interesting to see how they uh, end up taking the field and how they end up using that because you do have Nico Hines at fullback and you'd imagine that Ryan Pappenhausen is going to feature uh, in that fullback role at some stage during this game.
1: Yeah, you're right, Graham. I was just thinking that as I looked at the team list and I would think Todd Peton would be preparing for Nico Hines to play six yep. and Ryan Papenhusen to play one. I don't think that's how they'll take the field uh, as they are listed. Um, it's amazing that they're resting players and they they'd started it last week. It's sort of a rotation system. Don't matter who they put out there. They still win by a lot. Um, they're just... They're just murdering team after team. And I think, uh, you know, they're, they're going to, they're serial killers, really. They're the Ivan Milat of, of the competition. They just, uh, they murder. And this week, they murder the Cowboys, as far as I'm concerned. Um, you mentioned the guys that are out, but what about the guys they bring back? The likes of Asofa Solomona, Pappenhausen. Mm. Otto Carr, Christian Welsh, you know, these, some of those guys, are. you know, if you named a, a best 17 of world rugby league players, they're making that some of those guys. Yeah. I mean this is just an incredible team that, you know, high quality, highest quality players are out for the week where they bring in highest quality players into the squad. Um, They're rightfully the Premiership favourites, and uh, I I think they beat the Cowboys fairly easily. Um, I don't rate the Cowboys, uh, and I rate them even less without the hammer. Mm. Um, We've seen the just complete lack of understanding of of defence of the Cowboys' outside backs over the last few weeks, I just don't really hold any hope for the Cowboys in this game. I know they're playing it up in Townsville, but I think the storm just, uh, a storm hits Townsville. Uh, it's not cyclone season up there at the moment, but I think the seasons will change uh, come Saturday and there's a storm warning a big for storm all parts north of the I think, <laughs> yes.
0: yeah. So uh, look, yeah, I, I I I've got to agree with you there, Griffo. Um, if the Cowboys are to to make a show of this, um, as you said, the outside backs that defense has to tighten up. There's some uh, some you know some good signs going forward. Obviously, some big guys like Tamalolo McLean. Um, they lay the platform. Um, I hope to see more in the development of uh, Tom Dearden. I actually thought that. He was um quite good last week. It was um probably his best game for the club. I think Todd Payton even said that. He I think he said, look, you know, since he's come over from the um the Broncos, it was probably the the best to see him. And another player who I know we talk about on this show a lot that I just want to keep uh, giving the praise to is Scott Drinkwater. I think he's a great footballer. Uh, so I really hope this week that. Um, that the Cowboys forwards, if they're coming up against a phenomenal forward pack though, but if they can get a bit of go forward and, uh, give Drinkwater and Deed and a bit of an opportunity to play some football, um, then, then hopefully the, uh, the Cowboys might have some, some positive signs throughout the game. But, uh, to be honest with you, I think it's going to be mainly one way traffic. And I think Griffo, you might see a lot of people, uh, Backing the Storm this week in the Joker and the Thief competition for well, the biggest that was, margin yeah, of the week.
1: I think so. I, I've not looked at all the games, but at, at this stage, I'm, I'm thinking Storm for the Joker for this week. Um, interestingly, Graham, last week, all people who actually put their tip in went rabbit holes ah. for the plus eight. Um, so <laughs> we, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, that's how it goes. Look, I... I, I, I don't know that uh, the Cowboys are, are much sure, but you mentioned did, And I've got to criticize the Cowboys for... And we talked about mid-season transfers. They were on a roll there. Uh, they won a number of games in a row and were in the top eight until they let... Or they, they did this swap where Clifford was released to yep. the Knights, and didn't came in. Now, I might stand corrected, but I don't think they've won a game since Clifford left the club. Um, I might be wrong on that, but I, I don't think they have. It's just been a downhill slide, and you've got to be critical of the management that allowed that, well, precipitated that to happen. Um I just don't understand it. Why you would change a winning playmaker combination mid-season when you're actually in the top eight and the sides going well. And it's just been... I'm pretty certain they haven't won since since that all went down. Incredibly, they're just still two points out of the eight. But... Um, yeah, I'd, uh, I'd I'd be disappointed if I was a Cowboys supporter in that decision.
0: Yeah, it, it it was one that was interesting because you you are right, Griffo. The last time that um that the Cowboys won, uh, Clifford was playing fullback, uh, halfback, I should say. Sorry, my apologies, halfback. Um, that win was way back in round twelve. That was the one point win over the Warriors, and to give you a bit of uh, indication, they also won. Uh, the week before that, against the Knights. So since that time, they had the buy-in round 13. Uh, they lost to the Seagulls, 50 points to 18. Lost to the Sharks, 26-24. Lost to the Knights, 38-0. Lost to the Rabbitohs, 46-18. And lost to the Roosters, 34-18. And given that they play the Storm this week, um, yeah, it's, it's very uh, likely that trend will continue. Alrighty then, so uh, we're going to move on now to our Super Saturday games. The first game that we uh, see on Super Saturday this week will involve the South Sydney Rabbitohs, technically a home game on the Sunshine Coast against the New Zealand Warriors. So the third-placed Rabbitohs taking on the 14th-placed Warriors. Uh, There is a bit of team news in this one. For South Sydney, uh, they're looking at monitoring Campbell Graham who is uh, doing his five-day concussion protocols this week. Um, Tane Milne and Brayden Burns are the players who are in waiting. Now, Tane Milne has been playing on the wing for South Sydney, but he's on the interchange bench this week, which is very interesting. Um, South Sydney have a totally new uh, wing pairing with Alex Johnston also out with a hamstring injury. They're gonna have Jackson Paulo on one wing and Josh Mansour return to the side on the other wing. So plenty of opportunity there for uh, Paulo and Mansour to, um, I suppose, push for that spot while Johnston is out. Uh, Latrell Mitchell's coming back into uh, this team at fullback after having a rest after the third origin game. We also see Jay Arrow coming back to the team. He'll be on the bench after his suspension due to the breach of COVID protocols. Uh, We're still uh, not seeing Benji Marshall in this side. From what I'm hearing, he flew up to Queensland today. Um, He was with uh, his family after the recent birth of uh, his child. And, um, yeah, the, the fact that the uh, families were able to go up to Queensland to be with the players was great news and um, one welcome by all the players, including Benji Marshall, who flew up with his family today. For the Warriors, um, they've also got a massive out. Uh, Roger tuivasa shek is out with concussion. Uh, on the positive side of things, Cody Nicarima is back in the side at 5'8". Uh, we've got Adam Pompey coming into the centres in place of Rocco Berry, who's got a hamstring injury. Uh, Jaz Vega is going to be at hooker this week with Wade Egan out with a shoulder injury. Um, Afoa and Otokolo are the new players to take up a spot on the bench for the Warriors. Uh, so... Look for the for the Warriors um Griffo we did see that uh shek is out. Uh that's a blow for them. One of your favorites though Reese Walsh it was, it was good to see that uh, he was once again part of the Warriors side um, and he'll be hoping to have a big one coming up against uh Latrell Mitchell on the other side of the uh the team sheets.
1: Yeah. Um Warriors got a lot of uh praised last week for their performance um and deservedly so they uh, they tried very hard you know they they were uh, in the first half the their whole bench had been depleted um, and they played the second half with just the same 13 players so credit to uh, to those guys they certainly pushed penrith um in the in the first half Uh, And they looked a better side early on. Um, Penrith, I think, got back in front. But then, again, the start of the second half, Warriors dominated possession. Um, But the problem was they they just couldn't get a try. Penrith held them out for maybe five sets of six approximately early in that second half. Largely because whenever Penrith got the ball, they were dropping it. But... um, but you know they toiled hard the warriors uh this is a side who well i think when you look at it i think they're running uh, 14th um they're four points outside the eight but they don't look like a team that's likely to make the eight they do have a number of injuries but they just find a way to lose games Um, they're they're actually they're for and against comparatively to most of those other sides isn't too bad because most of their losses have been uh, small margins Um, but a loss is a loss and they've had a lot of them they've only won five games this year
0: They've lost their last six straight,
1: Griffo. Yeah, and there were some of those games, a number of them actually, where they were in winning positions and just found a way to lose. Um, uh, the Rabbitos, conversely, they find ways to win even when they're not at their best. Like last week, they still got the two points, and you move on. You know, you hmm. you at, at this time of the year, two points is the goal. You don't have to be at your best. As long as you take those two points and keep your position uh, on the ladder or improve it, um, you're happy. And, um, And we've seen this with Wayne Bennett coach sides over the years that particularly coming out, during and coming out of origin, he doesn't expect them to be at their best. He just expects them to keep pace with with the front runners and that's what they're doing they've only lost three games it's, it's um yet they're not really considered by experts as being a threat to to the competition i think they are a threat um and when they got all their players back on the field and most of them are there now to be fair um they they can attack as well as any team in the comp. The question mark is can they defend against the Panthers and the Storm because their record this year against those two teams is abysmal. They've been annihilated in those three games, but they've won every other game. So for mine, they are a danger team um, come finals. If they can fix their particularly the defense um, out wide. Um, they've got the attack to, to win this competition. They didn't have Luttrell last week. He was rested. I think that was a master stroke. Mm. Um, they got the two points. they're without they were without their their X factor man. Uh, and we know well for from, from mine Luttrell was the player of the series in the origin. Um, he comes back this week. That gives the rest of the team confidence. I'm a little surprised to see Tane Milne um, benched. Um,
0: particularly... I, don't, I don't think that's how they're going to line up. I think yeah. he'll play wing. I, yeah. I, I, I think really this week, sorry to cut you off, Griffo, I think there'll be a bit of work at training to see whether they they're going to go with Paulo or Mansour. Uh, I feel Milne will go on the other wing and um, Blake Taft could very well come onto the bench.
1: Yeah, look, uh, you know, I, I think Josh Mansour has had a stellar career, but I think he's he's been exposed uh, defensively um, and I just think if he's in that side, he will be targeted and he just makes he just makes some defensive errors, um, so I I would imagine that as you say, Milne would occupy that spot. But um, I guess Bennett again he wants to because there's no um, New South Wales Cup. If you're not in the NRL team, you're not playing rugby league. Mm. So I think it's a good thing to to as the Storm are doing to rest players and give you know, give other guys some game time just to keep them yeah, up to call. speed. Um, but I just can't see the, I can't see the Rabbitohs losing this game. Um, whether they're going to win big, well, I don't know. Um, you know, I've mentioned the Warriors, have, you know, they've fought hard. Uh, this team has been chopped and changed so much throughout the year. And again, this is a team that, uh, mid-season sign-ins have, have had a factor. They brought over DWZ, who's been going okay for them. Uh, um, not anywhere near an $800,000 a year player. Um, but he's, his form's been all right. But um, him and Marcelo Montoya, uh, who was also at the Bulldogs last year, uh, they play a very similar game. Um, like My TV screen's a very small one in comparison to yours, Graham. Um, and, uh, and my eyesight's probably not so good either. But uh, in that game last week, I didn't know whether it was um, Montoya or DWZ running the ball. Because they both, uh, as I said, they, they run fairly similar. Um, and both of them, you know, playing pretty good rugby league. But I don't think they're going to worry the Rabbitohs too much. Um, good forward pack there for, for the Warriors. Again, some changes in that pack. But uh, yeah, I, I was so impressed by Lodge and Fenua Blake last week. I think they're going to struggle without a recognized number nine. Um, I know Jazz Tavanga's has played there a little bit. But he's he's a runner of the football. He's he's not he's not a skillful dummy half. Um, so the service from dummy halfs not going to be fantastic. I just think everything points to the cardinal and Myrtle for this week.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, you'd expect South Sydney to win this. Uh, I think you summed it up pretty well. You've got a team that's, you know, lost their last six games and a, a team that's only lost three games. There's only been two teams all year that have been able to beat South Sydney. I I don't think this is going to be one of those games where you'd want to use this one as your margin. Um, South Sydney, I think you summed it up pretty well, Griffo. They get the job done uh, and they are missing a little bit of strike with... Um, Alex Johnston uh, not in the side. He's a quality finisher. Uh, there's some concerns I think for the Rabbitohs this week that that linking play with Walker and Latrell Mitchell and you know Gagai down the left. Um, there might be a few bombed tries with the um, without that dynamic finishing of Alex Johnston. Uh, so yeah, look, they they should get the job done. Um, the only other thing I was going to ask you, Griffo, we haven't really talked about Chad Townsend yet at halfback. Um, don't know if you got any comments about his game. Obviously, it was his first game in the side. Um, what did you think of him? Last oh time no, I was think it was
1: to... I think he'd played previously, but he's got busted shoulder, grip.
0: Yeah, his first game back, I should say.
1: Yeah, I yeah. i I'm, I'm not a Townsend fan. I think he's. At best. I you mean, know, well, he is an NRL player. To his credit, he's won a grand final in the seven, yeah. for the Sharks. But he's some. He's someone who has been gifted by um, the Cowboys for next year with a massive contract yeah. that is at least double of what he's worth. Um, I I I think. If you lined up all the number sevens in the NRL, he's definitely not in the top dozen. Um, Mm. you know, whether he's in the top 16, I I don't know that he is to be honest, but other people who are more credentialed than I am obviously see something in him. I think he's just an average first grader. Um, and to his credit, you know, he, he, he tries hard. And he is playing. He's playing with a busted shoulder. So, yeah. you've got an average first grader playing with a busted shoulder. He's not going to be doing anything. Fantastic. I think
0: the I think the main um, I suppose indication of the the top play you got with, with Chad Townsend. I think back to that um, other game that he played for the Warriors against uh, would have been against the Dragons. Yeah, you know, the, the Warriors were looking for a good for a big play. You know, they, they ended up going down by by one point. He's not. He's not the type of halfback that'll, you know, pull something out of nothing and win a game for you. So nope. that's an that's another concern for the uh the Warriors going ahead. The only other thing I think that we could talk about in this game for South they may lose a bit of strike if uh well they definitely will lose some strike if Campbell Graham's ruled out. So um but you'd imagine Braden Burns to come in. They've got depth. Um look you'd be pretty confident. Uh that Souths would win this one based on what we've seen so far this year. Alright, second game of Super Saturday this week is going to see the Seagulls host the Tigers. So we've got the 6th place Manly side going up against the 12th-placed Wests. Suncorp Stadium at Brisbane. Uh, in regards to the team news, uh, first of all, for the Seagulls, uh, They're going to keep monitoring Jake Trubojevic and um, Josh Aloai. He's uh, got the wrist injury and um, Trubojevic has the hip injury. So um, look, they're they're looking at um, getting through everything they have to do this week in order to play. Uh, We know that Trubojevic and Terry Evans are good to go after being rested last week. Uh, They were missing due to uh, origin. They were given a rest. Um... For the Tigers, uh, Moses and By and Alex Twall are both in doubt. And Baye's got an ankle injury and Twall's uh, going through uh, the HIA process as well. Um, he failed his HIA in that game. So just keep in mind that after a failed HIA, you've got to go through the protocols throughout the week as a number of other players are for other clubs. Um, Griffo mentioned last week that Adam DeWahey... Came back into the um, sixth sixth jersey very uh, recently for Moses and Bayern, has been doing a really good job there. We saw um, the Tigers last week, Griffo. Um, I I actually thought that, I'll be honest with you, I thought that uh, they they blew it with not long to go. I thought the Broncos might get the win there, but then they kicked home late. Um, For the Manly side, they, they got the job done without a couple of superstars they were basically going through their processes and to be honest with you I, I'm really starting to think that um, that manly could be the team to finish in the bottom half of the eight this year and um, and and cause a, a bit of chaos going into the finals
1: yeah look this side lines up really well you know it's it's for those who are regular listeners know that I did not have Manly in my top eight. And I was really critical of many of the decisions they made. Um, but there's a lot of players there. I didn't know of um, these young forwards in particular, uh, Hamoli, Ola uh, and, and my apologies if I'm not pronounced that correct, but he's dynamic, um, yeah, he really, really impresses me. Uh, and I believe that he was not called into the Blue Squad simply because Manly had a game. Um, and otherwise, he would have joined the Blue Squad uh, for the last game. So Brad Fittler sees something in this young man. He's just, he's explosive. Um This side's firing. I can't see the West Tigers uh, getting close to Manly. Um, The Tigers, we know, well, they were good last week. They scored over forty points, Um, but certainly in the first half, it didn't look like they were going to win that game. Um, The Broncos were so inconsistent during that game, but you know, to the Tigers' credit, they won and and in the end, won quite well. I just think the, uh, the Manley side, they've got two Turbos back and a DCE that didn't play last week. Um, it's a very large and powerful forward pack. And, uh, you know, a guy who played really well last week, Moses Suli can't even make the 17. So um, that's where Manley's at. I think a big win for Manly. I think the Tigers' backs, who defensively we know have a little bit of... Fr- well, if I say a little bit of fragility, then I'm being kind. I think uh, we might see uh, Tommy Turbo run riot. Um, and uh, those big Manly forwards also. Schuster Schuster impresses me. He's another guy that we're going to see um, as, a, as a long-term... New South Wales Blue. Mm,
0: he's a good one. Um,
1: he's, he's outstanding, Schuster. Yeah, across the park, it's it's manly. Um, it would take uh, quite a performance from the Tigers to win this game. In saying that, if they can come up with a win, their draw is a very favourable one. They've got a lot of the lower-ranked teams um leading up to the finals they don't have too many of the top eight sides so if they manage to win over manly um you would think that they will actually make the top eight and they could even lose this game and still make the top eight if they beat all the teams that they would be expected to win against i think they might have the bulldogs twice
0: they do Um, I can but, give you the run if you if you want, Griffiths. Well, just
1: maybe, an... maybe maybe after we go through the games, we might have a have a look yeah. at the run. Just um,
0: yeah, we they might do have the run of a few. They teams. do have
1: one of the more favourable runs home, definitely. Um, so if they can jag a win over a team like Manly, um, that will serve not only as two points but a magnificent confidence builder. Um, we we saw them uh, on Monday night. Uh, I think Tiger, was it called Wild Wild West or Tiger, whatever nah, it was Tales called. from
0: Tiger Town. Tales cool.
1: from Tiger Town. Yeah. Now, we know that that tail, at various times, it's like has been uh, chopped off, like a dashhound, um, and that tail hasn't been really wagging too well. But um, it was an interesting program. I've got to say, it seemed to feature very heavily. Good. Yeah, it was entertaining, very, very heavily centred around the coach. I don't know if every episode will go that way, but um, yeah, it was good viewing. Um,
0: I think it gives a a very good indication. I thought it was great because I think for a lot of fans, they don't see the work that goes into the day-to-day processes at a football club, and especially to... If I think what's quite prominent in this documentary from the first episode is even when teams aren't winning, you can see the work that has to go in. And every week, every game, there's going to be a winner and a loser. And there's always one team that's going to walk off the park with, you know, we're talking dozens of people who have put in significant amounts of work throughout the week um, in various capacities just to get that team to where they are. I thought it gave a pretty good insight into Michael McGuire as a coach. Um, I think that I don't know if you picked up on this, Griffo, but I think around his coaching style, um, he's very big on relationships, and I don't. From what I saw there, it seems as though um, you know he's he's quite he's got quite a good rapport with the players there at the Tigers, and. Um, yeah, I think some of the things we've heard about Michael McGuire in the past and how he manages the players. Um, obviously, we've only seen one episode, but that didn't necessarily come through in that first one. It seems though, he was, um, yeah, quite a good people manager from from what the first episode showed.
1: That was right at the start of the season, Graham. I know there's been a number of blow ups since. Um, uh, was he at the Rabbitohs when you were there? No. Who was the head coach? Or was that Jason Taylor? Jason was Taylor one? was yes. Okay. All right. Enough said. Um, Yeah, look, it was an insight. Um, My sympathy was for the West Tigers fans. (laughs) Um, They're passionate fans, and they've been disappointed regularly. Um, I know that game against the Roosters at Campbelltown that was featured our good friend, the doctor made his long, made the long trek to Campbelltown for that game. And I think it was a a wet Sunday night and they were, they were just hammered. Um, So yeah, you you feel the pain of the fans. Obviously Maguire, you know, he's quite intense. um, And he's doing what he can, but you know, before last weekend, uh, his position was being talked about again. Is he going to be the coach next year? Yeah. Uh, they come up with a good win. Um, so it stopped that talk for a week. Uh, you know, if if they get heavily beaten by Manly, the, the talk will start again, and then it might quell again if they win the week after. But that's the West Tigers. They might be up one week. They might be down a week or two. You just can't rely on them to be a consistent uh, rugby league team, which I think is what Maguire is trying to get them to be. Um, other cultures have had the same problem at that club. They're just, as a club, there's no consistency uh, in what they produce. I think, you know, uh, I don't want to quote directly, but I think, you know, one of the things Maguire said, you know, the West Tigers are always in the game. I think that was his words. And I thought, well, no, they're not. They're actually not. Um, They're one team who you can't really say that about. They're not always in the game. You know, they they came out, they were down 14-0 against the Storm a few weeks back. And the next week, I think against the Rabbitohs. The Rabbitohs were on a training run uh, early, in. so they're not always in the game. He's trying to inspire
0: mm-hmm.
1: them to be what he believes a rugby league club should be, and what you know most people would agree. You do want to say that your team is always in the game, but but they're literally they're not. The performances show that. Um, so he's doing his darndest to, to get this team to be what he believes it should be. But when you buy players, and neither of them are, are there this week, but both of them were lining up in the centres earlier in the year. Um, BJ Leilua and mm-hmm. James Roberts, who at their best are X Factor game breakers. But most of the time they're neither neither X Factor nor a game breaker. You know, they just there's no consistency about those guys. And 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 they're the sorts of guys that the West Tigers are continually purchasing. So those words, while he means them and he wants them to be that they're not that club, and they yeah. haven't been, you
0: know. It's got to translate on the time. onto the field, and, and really, if if it's going to translate onto the field this week um, and they're going to test the the Seagulls, I think uh, Adam DeWay, he's going to be the person who's going to, to inspire anything.
1: For my grammar, I'm, I'm tossing up whether this is my Joker of the Week for Manly. Um, it's yeah, that sort of a game. You know, yeah, I think most people will jump on uh, on the storm, um, but yeah, I'm 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 thinking Manly. Uh, I, I I'm not confirmed that yet. I've got to see the rest of the games.
0: No, definitely. Um, yeah. So, look, the only thing I think for Manly, uh, the you know one thing that they've got to work out. Um, they just they they gotta hold the ball. They're good for an error, but um, look, we can we can analyze this one till the cows come home. But you you gotta say that the seagulls are going to be the team that you'd want to be tipping in this one. Um, I'm going with Manly, uh, especially with the addition of uh, Tripoliyevich back. But um, yeah, I, I really. I'm really liking what Adam Dewey is doing at the moment. I want a massive game from him. I hope he really pushes the, the Manly side and, and gives the Tigers fans something to, uh, to get excited about this week. Alright, on Saturday night, 7.35, we have the second-place Panthers. Uh, they're technically the home game this week, uh, despite that fact they will be playing the Brisbane Broncos at Suncorp Stadium. So... Um, it's a, it's a mini-win for the fans of Brisbane. They'll be able to see their team take on the Penrith Panthers on Saturday. Uh, in regards to the team news, uh, the massive news for Penrith fans is that 5'8 Jerome Luai, um, he's been named in the side. He trained on Tuesday, and you know, the club's saying he's got to get through Friday to play. We know that's just, a, um, I suppose, a line that gets thrown out. It's all a formality. It sounds as though he's going to play. What that means for the Panthers side is that Matt Burton's going to shift back to the centres with Naden going to the reserves. Um, Tyro May is holding on to that number seven jersey. So it's going to be Luai and May in the halves this week with Burton in the centres. Um, this week we've got Appy Coruscant, by the looks of things, going back into his starting role. We'll imagine that he would play uh number nine and have uh significant minutes there and start in starting the game. Obviously having a bit of a rest last week uh starting from the bench after origin. Uh Griffo, you mentioned earlier as well uh James Fisher Harris. Um He's been named this week, but please do keep in mind that there is the possibility that this could be his last game for a couple of weeks. He's looking to return to Sydney uh, due to the birth of his second child. So that's where we may see um, Pengai Jr. signing become very prominent and uh, possibly coming to the side there. So keep an eye on that one, Penrith fans. Uh, for those wondering, obviously we are still... Uh, a few weeks away from any possible return of Nathan Cleary. Uh, for the Broncos, uh, Rabadi suffered a leg cork last week, but he's also expected to play. Um, he's going to play uh, from the bench by the looks of it. Uh, I'm also seeing there that Jordan Ricky is in the starting side this week. Uh, last week, we saw... Um, Xavier Coates, he was rested following origin. Uh, he's not in the top 17. You've got to scroll all the way down to number 21 to see his name on the team sheet. So uh, I'm not sure. I haven't heard any other news on that one, whether there's any injury or any concerns there. So just no, keep it because on. He's, it's
1: leaving the club, Graham, and they don't want to play him.
0: Yeah. So, you know, I was hoping that's not the case. But, um, know, yeah, there's another situation with uh, Broncos fans. They, they obviously want to make the most of the rest of this season. Um, he's going to the uh, Storm, isn't he? He's basically yeah. the replacement for uh, Ado Car at the Storm. So, now Watch uh, how good he'll be once he uh, comes down there. Absolute superstar. So don't think it's anything to do with uh, the quality of, of play this week, uh, given that he's on the reserves. Yeah. Um, Yet again, Griffo, we've got uh, a team that's absolutely flying high in the Panthers. Uh, they continue to win games. The big return for them uh, this week, Jerome Lui. I mentioned his name to partner May in the halves. Uh, is that how you'd expect them to play this week? And what are your thoughts on that uh, halves pairing?
1: Yeah, look, uh, I think well, uh, if, if Jerome's fit, he'll, he'll be there. And uh, Tyrone and May at seven. Um, Tyrell May who, who was caught a lot of criticism um, for his performances when uh, he was it was in the halves uh, in, in the Sharks and the Tigers game and he wasn't so good but I thought he, he did well last week uh, he had three try assists last week uh, he threw some lovely balls out to the winger uh, I think it was Charlie Staines um, maybe the first one was to, to- oh, Um, But yeah, he, he showed that he had, he's, he's a player who's got quite a lot of skill. Um, I still think his best role when Penrith's got all their players on deck, I think he's the perfect 14. Um, but, you know, he to his credit, he did well last week. He, Penrith scored six tries. He set up three of them. So, um you can't ask for much more from your from your half than trees three try assists. Yeah, fair call.
0: Cool.
1: I like I like Matt Burton playing outside Jerome lui Uh they've got a really good combination. And I thought, you know, Matt Burton, he played okay last week, but I thought he was a little bit quiet. Um didn't see much of his running game. Obviously his kicking game was important. Um and that'll be sort of Luai's job this week um, I think I think to be fair Lou's probably his short kicking game might be a little bit better but I think Matt Burton's got a better long kicking game um, so we don't see that usually when he's in the centers but I think if they're looking trying to get you know out of trouble I, I'd like to see Matt Burton still maybe just come in and, and take over. The, when, a, when a big kick's needed downfield. But um, I do like him in the centres running off Luai. Uh, he's, he's a brilliant hole runner. Uh, Steve Crichton, I'd like to see more of his running game. We haven't seen much of that. He has thrown the odd very nice pass uh, for, for some try assists. We saw one last week. Um, Penrith weren't at that best last week. They dropped a lot of ball put a lot of pressure on themselves coming out from their own try line. Um, but they got the job done. And uh, I think we might, I think this game might be sort of similar. I don't see Penrith winning big, um, but I do see them getting across the line. And and to be fair, that's all I want to see. I want to see us come out of this game with the two points without any injuries and move on to the big game in round 20, uh, the big blockbuster when they play the Storm. Um, The Broncos in patches were excellent last week. Um, And and I thought they were going to go on and win that game. They started quite well, but then they just faded away. And uh, and that's what the Broncos, unfortunately, for their supporters and their coach, seem to do. Too all too regularly, um, they just can't put 80 minute performances together. Um, th- I do expect to see Penrith attacking them out wide. Um, the Tigers exposed them last week with, 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 with as we mentioned, Adam Dewey, he with five try assists. That won't be lost on the Penrith coaching staff. Um, They've got some really good players. Jordan Ricky, T.C. Robarty, they're, they're tear-away second rowers. Um, as good as Ricky is with the ball in hand, he does seem to make a lot of bad decisions in defence. So uh, I think, again, he'll be targeted. Um, the Broncos do worry me a little bit because they, they have got points in them now. stags. K- 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 Staggs... Um, we know he's he's a brilliant attacking player, um, but yeah, defensively, if the Broncos start to be put under pressure, they're not the sort of team you think they're going to repel a side you know that can go with repeat sets of six. You think you're going to find your way through the Broncos' defensive line eventually, and I think that's that's what we're going to see. Um, James Fisher Harris, you mentioned this likely to be his last game for a number of weeks. Uh, he came out of last week's game with three injuries out of the one tackle, um, and I think it was mainly uh, it was friendly fire. Unfortunately, um, I'm not sure whether it was Moses Leota or who the player was that, but Fisher Harris was was down, and I'm thinking, gee, we don't—he's he's not a guy we want to be without. Um, so I don't think we'll see his best this week because I think he will be playing injured and I think he will be playing with the knowledge that he's not going to be there for about three weeks. So uh, he wants to contribute this week. Otherwise, maybe uh, we might have seen him rested. Um, uh, I just want to see a Penrith win. I'd like to see a comfortable win, but I don't think... I don't. The Panthers haven't been putting anyone to the sword of late. And I don't expect that'll be the case this week. But I do expect a Panthers victory. I want to mention Liam Martin off the bench. Um, he came on last week and made a massive difference. And I think you will be looking for that again this week. Um, Vigliani Kikau returned to form somewhat last week, I thought. Uh, with that very, very good charge down. Um, a guy that we mentioned a bit. I think it was Chad Townsend put that kick in. He couldn't get it over the top of kick out. Uh, and you'd have to be disappointed uh, when your kick results in an opposition team try. Um, yeah, so well done, kick out. Um, Brian Toto continues just to do what others can't really do. Um, he's well over the two hundred meters every week, and I think it might be about two eighty last week. And I, I still think he's playing with a bit of a busted knee, but uh, so he's going to be crucial. Um, yeah, I, th- I think it's Penrith here, Graham. What do you think?
0: Yeah, yeah, you got to go with Penrith. Um, as you said, Lua coming back in the side. Penrith, they they're flying high at the moment. Um, they're a top quality team. And they're coming up against an inconsistent team in the Broncos. Uh, the the one thing I do want to talk about in regards to the Broncos, uh, obviously you've given uh, quite a um, great overview there of uh, how Panthers are travelling. Brisbane, um, I, I, for, for mine, they threw away that game last week. They were in an opportunity, they were in a position to win that game and they, they didn't get the job done. That worries me. The other thing that worries me about the, um, the Broncos is the fact that um, their defence has been an issue and they're coming up against a team that can score a lot of points. Uh, the Brisbane side, I think in uh, three of their last four games, they've conceded over 35 points. So uh, for mine, this is another one to consider if uh, you're looking at a margin in your tipping comp this week. The uh, the positives I wanted to uh, point out for Brisbane uh is Katoni Stags. I actually think he's been really good uh, since he came back. Um, he's had a big impression. He's 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 made himself known in this side since he's come back. Um, he had a try assist in his game against the Sharks, and then um, he he got over the stripe last week, which was good to see because uh, I think he's a quality player and definitely um, a, a big star of the future. And someone else who I think next year we're really going to be talking about. Uh, as, as an origin contender, obviously it's it's hard to break into this uh, the back line at the moment, but uh, he's he's one of those players of the future, I think, that's going to be talked in coming years um, as being a potential player there. Too many points in this Penrith side, Griffo. Um, I've got to imagine that uh, they'll be able to get the job done up in Brisbane. Next game we have will take place on Sunday. This game is it's another one of those funny games which is technically a home game for a Sydney side, uh that being the St George Illawarra Dragons. Uh they come up against the Gold Coast Titans. Now this game will happen at Seabus Super Stadium on the Gold Coast. Uh the the website here on the NRL they've got the um official start to the game listed as 1:50 p.m. Usually it's a two o'clock kickoff, so don't get caught out by that one, guys. Uh, make sure you're tuning in nice yeah. and early, uh, Dragons fans that will be watching it on the telly to make sure you don't miss the first ten minutes. And uh, I think that's what
1: of- happened last 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 week as well, Graham. It yeah. was a one fifty start. I think it was the Panthers Warriors on Sunday. Yeah, start one fifty. I think it's it's because they're playing. A du- I assume it's a double header. It is, um, yeah. and uh, they need a little bit more time just in case. I guess, you know, you've got extra time or something like that. That's where the 10 minutes uh, earlier start comes in.
0: Yep. No, definitely. So just make sure you don't get caught out by that one. Uh, You'd you'd hate to miss the first uh, 10 minutes of this one. You've got the 7th place Dragons taking on the 11th place Titans uh, for St. George. Um. Corey Norman, by the looks of things, uh, he'll be serving his COVID breach suspension with uh, Sullivan taking over at 5'8". Uh, Dufty, Fumano and Kate Ellis are back after serving their bans last week against Manly. Uh, Matthew guy returns from an ankle injury. Um, this will be his first game since his debut in round nine with William Arme dropping out of the squad. Uh, for the Titans... Um, we've got, uh, Toby Sexton named in at halfback. Uh, he'll be making his debut in place of Jamal Fogarty, who has a uh, (laughs) hand injury, uh, half his luck.
1: Um, yeah.
0: Uh, we've got uh, Greg Mars, Uh he's uh, back on the wing taking uh, Philip Sammy's spot. Uh, he's back from injury. We've also got uh, Mitch Rain uh, in at number nine this week. He's going to be in for Aaron Clark. We uh, haven't seen it
1: raining for so long.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, foto back in the starting side. Uh, he'll be wearing the number 10 this week. Um so he'll be hoping to obviously uh, link up with some of those other big forwards in this Titans forward pack. You look at that forward pack: Griffo, Wallace, Rain, Fotuaka, Proctor, Fafita, Tino. Um, very impressive. We probably haven't seen the uh, the best of the Titans. Uh, they've also got a new halfback coming. That's also going to be uh, a tough ask for them. Of- all of the games this week uh, well yeah this is this is probably one of the ones where we look at um, the positions on the ladder being fairly close with the um, the dragons only four points ahead of the Titans this is really the week that the Titans need to stand up
1: you're right Graham um, <sighs> these teams both of them uh, you just can't you can't uh... Accurately say that, yeah, this is how they're going to do it. They're going to win this. This is a tough game to pick. Um, if you look at paper, but well, I think the Titans actually line up stronger. Um, and you mentioned their forward pack earlier. It, it's it's a state of Origin yeah. quality. Um, Top notch. Yeah, I mean Wallace has played Origin. Futter Waker is a current Origin player. Proctor is a Kiwi representative. Defita has played not just Origins, played for Australia. And for Aoi is is an origin player. Um they should be doing better. Uh, I I don't know anything about either Toby Sexton or Otona Sex. Um so There's a big question mark around the number seven jersey there. Um, Ash Taylor looks like he's on the way out of this team because they've been paying him lots of money for a number of years and and they haven't got the return that they were hoping for. Um, And I believe they're they're not going to offer him a a contract contract. or if they are, it's it's uh, you know probably less than fifty percent than what he's been on.
0: And it's and interesting I... to note, Griff. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast because it might have flown under the radar. Sorry to cut you off there, but uh, Toby Sexton, he's actually signed a long-term contract with the Titans. He'll be there till twenty twenty-four. Oh wow! So... so he's
1: obviously a guy that they're putting a lot of faith in. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's um, look, he's only young. He's twenty years old. Um. And he is a, uh, you know, a former Australian schoolboys representative. Okay. Right. So uh, he's well
1: credentialed then.
0: Yeah. So I think that, um, look, from the point of view of Justin Holbrook, I think they've said, look, um, we're, we're going to put some faith in this uh, this young bloke. And from what we hear, he's um, he's been really good. I think he's playing for the Tweed Seagulls in the okay. uh, Interest Super Cup. I think they've only lost one game, um, so you know, huh. in, in ten games this year, two tries, nine try assists, six force dropouts, six line break assists. So, in the um, yeah, in the in the Queensland competition, he seems to be doing the right thing. So hopefully, it translates to NRL, and it looks like they're putting faith in him going forward uh, to take Ash Taylor's spot.
1: Yeah, uh, I'm going to tip the Titans here, not with any confidence. Um but I just think if if they're fair income about wanting to make the top eight, they have to win this game.
0: Yeah.
1: Um for the Dragons, I think it's also a must win because they've got a tough draw. We'll come to that later, but um they're actually in seventh position. They're on a win above uh the number eight ranked team. So their destiny is very much in their own control. Correct. But a game like this, playing a team outside the top eight, it's crucial that they win this game. Um, if they are to win this game, I think it's got largely to come down to Ben Hunt. He's He's been really good uh, for both his club and his state when, when called upon. Um the team does keep chopping and changing and in, in part of that is related to the barbecue. Uh, but if they lose this game, I think maybe they're going to be uh, a barbecue dragon um, because I know they do have some, they got to play some of the top sides in the run home and this is a must win. Um, if the Gold Coast lose here, I think they're pretty much cooked as well. Um, even though they're, you know, when I say that the Dragons don't make the eight if they lose this, they're four points ahead of the Titans, but tough draw. Um, I, I haven't got a lot of faith in the Dragons, to be honest. Um, they went down last week uh, to a team that was down on talent. Um, and I think uh, I think they go down again here. What do you think, Crane?
0: Yeah, this is a tough one. Um I'm tipping Gold Coast. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised, though, if the Dragons... Um, oh, for sure. I mean, get, it, get the job done, yeah. You're but... playing
1: the Gold Coast. You don't know what sort of team you're going to be up against. And
0: that's the thing. And and part of this is we've got the unknown of the young halfback. I mean, yes, I mentioned there some of his credentials, but uh, he's done nothing in an NRL game. So uh, he's basically starting at, uh, at square one. Anything that's happened in uh, junior football or lower grades... It uh, counts for nothing uh, once uh, one fifty pm rolls around on Sunday. The thing that might push this in the Titans' favour, and um, you, you touched on it there just briefly with it being a St. George of the War home game, they're playing at Seabus Super Stadium. The Gold Coast are basically getting a home ground advantage here. St. George are giving that up now. It's not due to anyone's... um fault other than the fact that the uh the covid situation uh down here in sydney has had a major impact on the competition but i think the fact that this game has had to be moved to the gold coast it might count for something in the titans favour i don't know i'm i feel like every week i'm saying that the titans have to win because i do think that they've got a squad capable of making the eight and i just keep waiting for them to to stand up, I thought they might do it last week. It didn't happen for them. Oh, they were horrible. That that was that was so disappointing last week. Not just because I tipped them and I, I and it, you know, I, I thought, oh, this is ruined my tips. But I I was so excited coming off some of their recent form. It seems like a lifetime ago that they put forty um, something points on the uh, on the, the Raiders, Raiders, which was what two weeks ago. You know, so yeah. it, it, it it just seems like a, an absolute age ago. But um, I'm expecting against uh, a lower quality side this week. They played the uh, the Eels last week who were in good form and um, were able to cover their injuries rather well. Um, I don't know if the Dragons are a top eight team despite the fact they're sitting in seventh. Um, I'm... Expecting the Titans to win the Ford battle, and if uh, Young Sexton in the halves there, um, partnering Ash Taylor, has a decent game and gets the job done, I think they've got enough uh, enough quality through players like AJ Brimson, uh, Corey Thompson to to score some points and um and get the win.
1: Graham, what do you get if you cross marzipan with a cashew?
0: <laughs> I don't you, know. get
1: <laughs> you get a gold coast swinger.
0: You get a gold coast swinger. It's mahu. <laughs> well, it's not a car pan. I can tell you that. <laughs> car pan rugby league will be our new show then. Oh Gosh. It's it's you get all the best coverage here. Um, titans.
1: Yeah, but with no confidence. But yeah, I'm gonna. I- I'll tip the Titans. Yes. Hey. <laughs>
0: Okay, final game of the round uh, is also going to be taking place on the Gold Coast, as Griffo mentioned there. Uh, with the double header, the early start in the uh, the two o'clock game uh, is so that uh, everything's good to go at four o five for the Bulldogs to take on the Sharks. Um, for the Bulldogs, uh, Jeremy Marshall King returns from suspension, so Siona Katoa is going to go back to the extended bench. Uh, there's a bit of a shuffle happening in uh, the pack. Uh, See a amount of going to come from the interchange bench to start in the front row with Luke Thompson switching to lock Jackson to the second row and Dury's going to drop to the reserves Uh, Stimson's on the bench this week For the Sharks, um, it's looking as though Royce Hunt will um, be able to play this week This will be his first game of the season Uh, He's had a knee injury so um, that's probably a good thing uh, timing-wise with Aiden Tolman missing this week for the Sharks. So it'll be good to see Hunt come in for Sharks fans to be able to take that place. Um, in regards to the starting uh, lineup, we do see... Uh, where's where's Rudolph going to play this week? It's prop. He's going to go prop, Yep. So, yeah, he is. I was just trying to find him there. I thought he might go to prop this week to take the place of Tolman. Um, Williams we also see there at lock. Uh, so, yeah, that's that's a bit of a shuffle there. Um, we've got the Bulldogs, as we mentioned. Uh, they're coming off that game against the Rabbitohs. They're right in uh, that game against one of the competition heavyweights. For the Sharks last week... Um, we saw them uh, go down to the Raiders. Not a result we, we expected. A lot of us were, were looking for a bit more from the Sharks last week. What were your thoughts on the Sharks, uh, Griffo, and do you see them bouncing back against the Dogs this week?
1: Well, they'll be disappointed themselves. Um, they maintain their spot in the top eight, even though they've, they've lost a couple of games in a row. What I think is crucial in those losses uh, is the fact that uh, Matt Moylan hasn't been there. Uh, he got that injury in the uh, warm-up, I believe, or um, or very close to game time against well, their previous loss. who so can't remember who it was. Um, the game before the Raiders. Um,
0: that would have been uh, – was that the day they played the Warriors? They got a win that day.
1: No, uh, no. I think prior it was to that, uh,
0: would have been – I, I when thought they have lost the a couple rivals. in a
1: row. Okay. Oh, oh, so Moylan's been out that long. Okay. My apologies. Um, My apologies to particularly Braden Trindle. Um, but, uh, yeah, I think, you know, they were going really well. With the Moyle and johnson combination, um, I still think they've got the team to win against the Bulldogs. I think uh, even though you know they were the first uh, team to go down to the Bulldogs this year and um, only two teams have dropped points against the Bulldogs and both of those teams uh, are in the top eight, the Dragons, the other team. Uh, A famous day for you, of course. Um, But, uh, yeah, I like the Sharks here. I think they they have to win this game. They know that, and I think they will win this game. The Rabbitohs were a little bit off last week, but still got the job done. I think the Sharks will be looking not only to win here, but to actually come back into some good form. Uh, I, I think the attack, that the Sharks can offer um, is pretty slick with the likes of Johnson, Will Kennedy at the back. They've got two very good finishing wingers in Katoa and Mulitalo, and two good quality guys in the centers in Tracy and Ramian. So I think uh, they've got a far better backline than what the Bulldogs can offer. Um, if you say the Bulldogs, what's their strength? Um, you'd probably say. That they do have a hard-working pack of forwards, mm. but they're not a pack of forwards that you think you're going to get steamrolled by. There's no guy there that, like a, you know, like a David Fafita um, or Ola Cattell, um from Manly. You know, that you're really thinking, gee, we've got control of this guy. You know, when you're like kick out style, there's no yeah. one in the Bulldogs side like that. Um, they're, they're, they're working the tradesmen um, who, who get, you know, who work hard and, and do the best they can, but they're not line breakers. Um, you know, teams can sit on their line and defend against that Bulldogs side for quite a number of sets of six, you would think. Um, defense is not a strength for the Sharks, but attack certainly is. And I think they're going to have too much class in the back line um, and then they they win this game. And it's crucial that they do. If if they're serious about making the eight, they must win this game. Um, Interesting, Graham, uh, one interesting thing for me was Tolman is out, uh, yet the guy who they're paying something like, $850,000 $850,000 a year. Yeah,
0: Fafita still can't get in the Still tank, can't right?
1: make 17. <laughs> yep. Um, it's ludicrous when you think about the amount of money that they're giving to guys like Fafita. I don't know if Dugan's fit, suspended or whatever. He's not in the 21. Um, he's another 800-plus. Um, Moylan, likewise, but he's injured. Um so the team that's the one to 17 that lines up is only a fraction of their salary cap. Um, so, and I, and I know they're trying to do something about that uh, going forward. <coughs> Excuse me. Um, Hamlin Ueli uh, is, is a quality player. Uh, I think, you know, he'll see plenty of game time, uh, but, yeah, uh, it's it's all sharks for me, Graham. They they have to win, and I think they will. What what about you?
0: Yeah, um, this is another one where I can't be confident. Um, I'm tipping the sharks, but um, gee, I'll be honest with you. I, I saw some signs from the Bulldogs last week in that game against South that would that would lead me to believe that they're a good shot in this game and I think that they're definitely going to to take it to the sharks uh, and yeah I'm still gonna go with the sharks I think I totally, I think I, I really agree with you especially in regards to the sharks backline uh, we've talked about uh, some of those players the ones that I really want to highlight yet again I know I sound like a broken record will candy um and also Connor Tracy, because they are two players that I don't think uh, people expected to have the impact that they have had for the Sharks. They're quality players. They've got points in them. I really love everything that um, that they're doing. And as long as they've got some uh, organisation around the middle there with the halves, I think they should have enough to, to beat the Bulldogs. Um, but, you know, keep in mind, fans, that um, the, uh, the Dogs did get the job done earlier on in the year, so... They did. They yeah. did. Yeah, so uh, look. Apart from that, you know, the sharks do have a good record against the bulldogs in recent years. But um, yeah, I'd I'd imagine the sharks get the job done in this one. All right. Well, that's the round uh, previewed. Griffo. The um. The other thing we wanted to to just quickly have a chat about uh, going forward were was the run home of some of the teams who are. Um, fighting for the, the top eight spots. Uh, so uh, probably the you know starting higher on the ladder and working our way down, the, the first team that you'd probably be concerned about uh, in their run home would be the Dragons sitting in seventh spot. Uh, I'll give you an indication just very quickly, Griffo, of their run home, and I'll get your thoughts in regards to what you think their, um, their chances are. It's, a, it's it's one of the tougher ones if you ask me, and you've pointed uh, that out earlier. Obviously, this week they take on the Titans up in the Gold Coast. Uh, they then take on the Rabbitohs, then the Raiders, Panthers, Roosters, Cowboys, and Rabbitohs again. So um,
1: that's tough.
0: Yeah, it's not a it's not a. They great must
1: play. win. They must win this week to be any hope.
0: Yeah, yeah. So that just really highlights the importance of. Uh, of this week's games, uh, we just talked about the Sharks. Uh, so this week, we know they're going to come up against uh, the. Canterbury. Just sorry,
1: before we move on, Graham. Yeah. If we look at that draw there. We've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games. How many games do you think they win out of those seven?
0: Okay, the Dragons. Um, well, so I haven't.
1: So just keep a okay. you know where we think they're going to.
0: So let's have a look. So, so, so to... they're on
1: eighteen currently.
0: Yep, well, I haven't tipped them this week. I don't think they'll uh, beat South. Maybe they can beat the Raiders. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt against the Raiders. They won't beat the Panthers. Can't see them beating the Roosters. And it's okay, they'll... Cowboys in round 24. I could give them a win. Uh, and I can't see them beating the Rabbitohs. So, realistically... I'd give the Dragons two wins for the remainder of the year. Okay. Well, I'll I'll
1: give them one. I'll give them one. Um, I I can only see them getting to 20. Anything else is a bonus. But, you know, I see them as a chance this week. I see them as a chance against the Raiders. If they're going to make the eight, they must win those games and hopefully jag a game they're not really expected to win. Um, but I've got, them, I've got them at 20 points.
0: Yeah, I, um, I, I'm being very generous in giving them that game against the uh, the Raiders.
1: All right, so we move on to the Sharks.
0: So for the Sharks, as we mentioned, they're going to uh, play the Bulldogs this week. Um, gets a bit tough the week after against the Seagulls. Then they have the Warriors, Knights, Tigers, Broncos, and finish up with the Storm. So, realistically, Griffo, um, what are we thinking here if we've got them beating the Bulldogs this week? Tough ask against the Seagulls. uh, Say even if we give them the benefit of the doubt and they get the wins against the Warriors, Knights, Tigers, Broncos. Um, Can't see them beating the Storm in the final round. That's one, two, three, four, five. I've got them possibly... Uh, best case scenario for them is winning uh, five of those games with another 10 points. Um are you I as agree. generous as me?
1: Yeah, no, no. I've, I've, that's what I've written down. I, I've seen, and, you know, I think they go in as favourites in most of those games. But, yeah, I've, I've written them down as 26 points. Mm-hmm. Um, we,
0: we know, uh, look, this year that could be enough to get in the eight.
1: Oh, it will be. Um, yeah. If if they can win, if you know, the question is whether they win those games. But yeah, as you know, uh, that's what I'd be saying. Looking at the Sharks, twenty six. I agree with you. Uh, so then we go outside the current top eight to the Raiders.
0: Yeah. So looking at the the Raiders, um, and and yeah, keep in mind as we just said there. I think the cutoff of the eight is going to be a lot lower this year than it has been in previous years. A lot of the times. You know, you go off that number around that 28. I think it's going to be lower. Um, so this week we've got the Raiders taking on the Eels. Uh, they then play the Knights, the Dragons. I can't give them that one because I gave it to the Dragons. <laughs> uh, then they play the Storm, Seagulls. I uh, could probably give him a win against the Warriors. And then they finish up with the Roosters. I mean, the Raiders could well... You know, they're they're looking at two or three wins for the rest of the year. At best, Griffo, you're probably giving them six points. I've got them down yeah. for for four points.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm giving them six. I'm giving them twenty-two. Yeah, um, so that's that's yeah. not
0: enough. That won't get you in well, the
1: gate. You wouldn't expect so, but we no. move
0: on. So, uh the next team we'd have a look at is the Knights. Now we've mentioned the Knights a few times as um Opponents of other contenders. Uh they start off this week against the Roosters. They then take on the Raiders. Uh, then you have the game against the Broncos. They then play the Sharks. They then play the Bulldogs, Titans, and then they play the Broncos again. <sighs> I reckon they're maybe looking at uh three wins and the six points there.
1: Yeah, I agree. I've got them them winning the two games against the Broncos and also beating the Bulldogs. Correct. Um, I see them at 22. But their destiny is in their own hands because there's teams there that they can beat, like the Titans, like the Raiders, uh, and possibly the Sharks. It's not the toughest draw. You look at it there, you look at top eight sides – You've only got the Roosters and the Sharks. Mm. Now, they're capable of beating both of those sides. I don't think they beat the Roosters this week without Pierce. But again, this is a, this is a draw that you'd think, well, they're a chance in, in all of those games. Um, but yeah, I've got them at 22. Mm. But if they get their best team on the park... Um, they're certainly capable of, of making the eight. Uh, but at this stage, I've got them at
0: 22. It is a tough one, tipping uh, Titans games. Yeah. Look, they've got the Dragons this week. Then they play the Bulldogs, uh, the Cowboys the week after. Then a bit of a tough run with Souths and the Storm. They then play the Knights, and the Warriors. Um, realistically, for my group, there's the potential of them winning five of those games, in my opinion.
1: Agree, agree.
0: So that's 10 points, which would put the Titans, uh, hypothetically, then they're currently on 14. They would love to get all 10 of those points because they'd put them on 24, which uh, yeah. by our calculations... Could put Self-trail. them ahead of the Knights Raiders and dragons which you know that that that, that shows the importance of this week's game yeah, this absolutely. week's game could be that two points that puts them ahead of the Dragons to get into the top eight this 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 dragons Titans game I'm calling it now this this has massive implications for the uh the top eight I think it's a it's an early playoff absolutely yeah uh the next team we'd have to look at would be the Tigers um, so in regards to the Tigers, they've got this week Manly, um, which is super tough for them. Uh, so I can't give them the one against Manly. They then play the Warriors. So say if we give them the Warriors game, they play the Bulldogs the week after, you'd have to think they'll fancy themselves in that one. They'll also fancy themselves against the Cowboys. I can't give them the Sharks or Panthers game, but then they play the Bulldogs again uh griffo are you confident that they might be able to snag four games i'm not
1: confident
0: graham that got them down for... <laughs> is that what you got <laughs> yeah, yeah that's what i've got but
1: the, the, sorry i the used word the word confident, confident
0: and tigers in the same sentence yeah, yeah sorry that was my <laughs> bad mate <laughs> there's my gaff for the week oh uh, look so, I, yeah, I had does down in 22 but gee you oh, know. Yeah. so tigers also they could 22.
1: stay on 14 <laughs> like... yeah
0: that's You're exactly right, mate. You're exactly right. Um, We'll have a look at the Cowboys draw as well. Uh, I think they're probably the last team that uh, realistically can uh, can make a push still. Um, This week, they've got the Storm, which is a tough ask. They play the Broncos. Say if you give them the Broncos game um, and then going home... They play the Titans, Tigers, Eels, Dragons, Seagulls. They're the type of team where... Look, I've got them down for winning one of those games, but, um, you know, they could snag another one here and there because of the competition they come up against. Uh, the, the many games where if the Cowboys are going to be a chance, their fate's really in their own hands, isn't it, Griffo, with matches still to come against sides like the Titans, the Tigers... And the dragons
1: graham um how many of the lost in a row was it six
0: we said earlier the cowboys um I think so it was they, six they have lost uh one two three four five five five, five. five. okay yeah they had the the week before that, and then oh, prior oh. to the bye, they had the win over the Warriors at oh, one point we well, went, so 5. They've got 14. Um, they play the Storm this week, so call it 6. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Well, I've got
1: them losing 12 in a row. I haven't got them winning any of those games. Uh, yeah. to, be, to be honest, I, I think they'll jag a win somewhere along the line, but yeah, so, I, I've got them staying at 14. Uh, so but-
0: even at best, they're on 16 points. So really... They' they're not contenders from no. from what we can see from that. Very good. Um, have we already put a line through the Warriors? Yep. Line so two, Warriors. basically from what we've looked at there, there is the look, we could very well see the sharks come seventh with 26 points. And then there's the possibility of the Dragons, Raiders, Knights, Titans, Tigers. They're all going to be around that 22 points, potentially. Yeah. There's, there's every opportunity that there's going to be those one, two, three, four. Those five teams could end up on the same amount of points, and for and against could decide Possibly. the... Um, look, it's, it's going to be tied. I think that race for eighth is going to be huge. I think, given the draw that the Sharks have, they'll make the eight.
1: Yeah, I agree. I think, uh, of all the teams, the Rates, uh, the Sharks, <coughs> to me, look like the, the most likely. Yep. Um, and by my calculations, I've got the Titans. um in, in, in saying that, you can't put Titans yeah, far in, off. in those words don't go together. No. Um, yeah, I, I, I'm i only going on quality of roster, not quality of performance. But the Titans, to me, are a realistic chance of making the eight. Um, I just can't see the Dragons. Even though they currently are the top of the list of those teams, they've got a really tough draw. Um yeah raiders knights again they're, they're a chance tigers are a realistic chance of making the 8 um if they can produce the sort of form that they showed against the broncos but we know from the tigers that you simply cannot have expectations of them because uh and they must be a you know incredibly tough team to to follow um because just when you think they're coming good, they'll they'll put in an absolute shocking performance. Um but they realistically they could make the eight given their draw. Mm. Um, if they can jag even one win against a team where I I didn't have them winning, that might be enough. Um I'm just if we go back to the the ladder and look at the relative uh, for and against, because I think that will determine yeah, uh, at least team number eight. I, I think the Sharks will do enough just to have their head above uh, the rest of those sides. Um, the Dragons by far have the best for and against. Um, I
0: see that dropping though, given their run. Oh, away. absolutely. Yeah. Uh, given they've, that, they've... I think they'll only win two games. That, that minus 24 is going to take a massive hit. It will.
1: It will. Um, they're going to have to beat quality sides. And I think this is... And I'm looking at the NRL ladder and whoever it is, one of the betting agencies, have the Dragons at $151 to win the comp. Uh, and there are teams below them who are, are more well thought of than, than the Dragons. Mm. Um principally Including- the Rangers.
0: And the Knights.
1: And the Knights. But, yeah. you know, yeah, I, I think yeah. the Raiders, if they play to their roster, um, you'd think there'd be a, a strong chance. Um,
0: but given the Raiders draw, that's another th- You know, as we said, the yeah, Raiders draw. draw. Uh, of, of the games that are remaining, they only have two games for the rest of the season. So still seven games for them to play. Only two of them are against teams outside of the current top yeah. eight.
1: gonna be tough for them. They're, they're gonna have to beat. The, they're gonna have to play together. like the Raiders. We thought at the start of the year could play.
0: They're gonna to have to be that form team going into the competition that's knocking off top yeah. eight teams. Yep. 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 Um, mm. yeah.
1: uh, it's interesting, you know. It's interesting that you can have won six out of seventeen games, six out of shots and you're considered a chance to be in the finals. So...
0: Yeah, and and the thing is too, like we said, there's every possibility that twenty two points can get you into the eight this year. That's that's madness for me. Anyway, I think it just shows the strength of the top of the competition. We've been ta- we've talked about it since before a ball had even been kicked that there was you know five teams there's six teams at the top of the competition it, it's really and it has been for the most part of this year um six teams in contention and realistically i'll be honest with you. i think there's only two teams that are that can win this comp that's penrith and the storm
1: yeah at this stage um but you know injury suspension could change that but this game on Sunday, uh, or sorry, not Sunday, whatever day it is for the West Tigers against the Sea Eagles, it is crucial that the Tigers do not get smacked in this game. Even if they can't win it, they've got a bad for and against of minus 130. That can't turn into minus 160 or more.
0: No, that could... That's got, you know,
1: they've got to keep it to say, you know, they don't want to lose by more than 10. Um, hmm. the Titans are well placed in terms of for and against, with minus 74, same as the Raiders. Um, the Dragons minus 24, but they're not going to win enough games. Hmm. I don't think for and against is going to come in. I worry they, about uh, the
0: Knights though.
1: Yeah, the Knights have got a bad for and against, hmm. uh, they're minus a... 37. Yeah, um, yeah. I I don't see them making it. I think there's a few games there we're giving them, but, yeah.
0: I think we gave them, you know, I think at best we had them winning three. Yeah. So, you know, I can't see them in three games turning that around. They're going to have to. They're they're losing more than what they're going to win, so you'd imagine that's going to get worse rather than better.
1: They're going to have to beat teams we don't expect them to beat if they're going to make the eight. It's going to be a good start for them to win this week against the Roosters. But, really so.
0: what we're saying is these teams are going to have to earn their spot and they're going to Absolutely. have to knock off top teams if they want to play finals. So, look, it's um, it's definitely something to keep an eye on because there's uh, there's an implication in every game this week that looking forward Ooh. will have an impact on the season. So, it's,
1: Especially, Graham, I know we, we've talked about the fact that it's all – Top eight v bottom eight this week. Mm. Um but when these these fringe teams come up against each other, it's almost like a four-point ball game. Yeah, uh, it's the two you get yourself and the two the other team don't get. So yeah, but... uh, like the Titans and the Dragons are one of those games this week. Um in most of the other games, we're saying that those those teams in just below the eight at the moment they're coming up against teams we do not expect them to beat this week we do not expect the raiders to beat para do not expect the knights to beat the roosters um the titans are a chance against their top eight opponents in fact we've both tipped them against the dragons um the tigers we do not expect to beat manly and well i don't even rate the cowboys a chance but they're up against the storm It's just a matter of how many they lose by. Um, uh, It's really, really interesting, and and so many things can change. You get an upset victory, um, your stocks rise. Um, Anyway, we'll we'll be talking about this, I'm sure, uh, in future podcasts. And uh, if one of these teams, as we said, if they can jag an upset victory against a team they're not expected to beat, they really enhance their chances of uh, picking up 7th or 8th position.
0: Yeah, uh, it's definitely... Um, yeah, it's, and the thing is, too, it's going to change week to week. And that's yeah. the thing. Uh, we might have an upset or a team, you know, show up and even you might even see a team go down and they put in a good performance against the top side and it changes everything, so... Look, that's definitely plenty to, to look forward to. Um, we're not that far off the end of the uh, the season. The um the thing that makes me excited to know that, that we're getting to the pointy end is uh, this week um, is actually episode number 90 for Carpool Rugby League. So uh, oh. this is the 90th edition we're recording right now, Griffo, of, of, uh, of Carpool Rugby League. um the the interesting we're going to thing, get
1: our 100th in this year then
0: yeah and uh you'll never guess when the 100th episode is uh is due to come up it's in the grand go- final it's going to be the grand final edition is going wow. to be 100 that's episode. if we don't do
1: any no special editions in between so,
0: yeah we might need to hold <laughs> off on the special edition so that we uh have the special episode but yeah as we're tracking at right. the moment uh this year we're scheduled to hit episode number 100 uh that will be our preview of the grand final so not only on the NRL field are there plenty of things to look forward to. Uh, Carpool Rugby League are also bringing up the milestones. Uh, we'll have to get that little bit on our jerseys. You know, they're right in the middle of the jersey group. Yeah, 100th, 100th game. game. Yeah. yeah, so... um.
1: Oh, well, does that mean you, your 100th game will be the week, the first one after the grand finals? You've been pretty much there every week. Uh,
0: yeah, I think I've only missed maybe, one, I've missed maybe one or two. So... Oh. Yeah, we'd have to look at individual things because none of us have uh, have been on board for every single episode. There's uh, we've we've all at some stage missed a game, and obviously uh, you you came on uh, a little bit after Shana and I had started this, but um, yeah, it's, I, I suppose it's 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 good to see we've got um, eighty nine episodes at current. This is number ninety, um, so it's, it's a good shout out to our our fans who have supported us and um yeah oh, it absolutely. is it is good that we can do this and we've and we've got support because uh we really enjoy putting on a show every week
1: have you have you looked at the numbers recently of of, of listeners around the world Graham or?
0: Uh, i haven't looked at the international ones um the, the the major milestone that we've uh ticked over in the last Oh, it was a couple of weeks ago, we ticked over 4,000 uh, all-time downloads. That was uh, that was a good milestone. So uh, I'll keep an eye out for when we approach uh, the 5,000 download mark. Uh, in regards to our statistics, I'll have to have a look. But um, in, uh, in recent times, obviously, you know, Australia is our, our number one audience. Um, last time I can recall checking um that was followed by the uk and new zealand as you'd expect and um the uh we've had downloads in the past couple of weeks from ireland and norway as well so I know,
1: i'm glad to, to know that we're big in norway because i do believe the local competition has restarted uh, in the norwegian rugby league
0: oh there you go do they yeah, have a Viking clap from both sides of the, <laughs> you just, know, in Scandinavia? Just, well, just, we
1: we do. know. I mean we've 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 all watched uh, the series for the for the Vikings, and you know they're Correct. they're always in turmoil um, with someone trying to to be the latest king. Um, you know, Ragnar did a great job while he was in charge, but there was always someone snipping his heels, trying to take over. Um, and then, of course, we saw Harold Finehair um, usurp uh, Bjorn Ironside there. They, were, they put it to the vote, and, uh, and and King Harold got up, uh, surprisingly. And you know, we know that uh, Bjorn wasn't too happy about that. No, I, I was unhappy as well. I thought he deserved better. Um, but that's the sort of thing that goes on. Um, there's always going to be, um, uh, opposition, you know? Um, and, then that's, that's, that's the way that rugby league is. You got two teams opposing each other every week. Yep. We don't go to a vote for that. It's what happens out on the field, but that's the nature of the game. Um, but it'd be interesting to know on a, on a weekly basis, how many people are tuning in. Um, but however many it is, we can only offer uh, our gratitude uh, to all of those listeners. And, uh, you know, by all means, if you like the show, um, in addition to tuning in yourself, let somebody else know. Um, like I I never knew how to, to work out what a podcast was for a while. That's why I would not tuned in. Uh, a few years ago. And then, uh, once I discovered how to get a podcast, I spent a whole summer listening to, uh, <laughs> I think it was the 2000 and, uh, oh, 19. <laughs> um, but I remember like Shano was quite critical of the Panthers in that year. Um, and deservedly so because they didn't actually play all that well for most of the time. But, uh, Yeah, so, you know, it's 2021. We've had two COVID years. Um, All the more reason to try and fill your time in uh, with some carpool rugby league, particularly if you're in lockdown. Um, But anyway, uh, again, a big thank you to listeners right around uh, this globe. um, And and hopefully we're providing you with some... uh, some entertainment, but more importantly than that, just keeping you informed of what's going on in the NRL because uh, we take it for granted to some extent. Because we're here, um, although the NRL's not here where we are anymore; they've moved up to Queensland. But like you know, I can go when Penrith's playing at home. I'll 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 be there every week unless you know there's some sort of significant drama like. You know, I'm overseas, but that's not happening because of COVID. So, um, yeah, when, when COVID stepped up, really made me appreciate more just just how much I um, enjoy going to watch my team play live. Um, and and f- for people in other parts of the world, that's something that you know is is, is not realistic. Um, and and uh, you're looking for your content. A lot of expats, I would assume, would be people tuning into this show. Um, so, yeah, we just want to keep you up to date with what's going on. And, uh, and, and again, a big thank you for, for being part of the show.
0: Yeah, no, we really uh, appreciate your company. Um, and uh, as, as Griffo said, if you enjoy the podcast, there's every possibility that someone else does as well. So let them know. But... Uh, Thanks again, and uh, good luck to your team this weekend. Take care, everyone. Bye-bye.